Welcome on in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Jones Report. Tyler Jones here with you. So glad to have you with us today. Coming up here in just a few minutes, going to be joined by Luke Slayball from Fox 23 in Tulsa. We'll get Luke's take on all things OU, OSU, TU, Oklahoma City, Thunder, and more when Luke joins us coming up later on in the show. Hope everybody is having a great Christmas holiday as uh, we are taping this on Festivus and to be released on Christmas Eve and certainly uh, wish everyone a, a great holiday season uh, here as uh, we cap off 2020. And uh, reminders always to subscribe to the Jones Report on Apple, Spotify, and uh, Google Podcasts. Leave us a five-star review or don't leave us one at all. That would be a great Christmas present to us, if I might add. And uh, also, you can uh, follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash Tyler Jones Live, Tyler Jones Media Group, Twitter at Tyler Jones Live, at Thomas underscore Bridges, at TJ Media Group, Instagram, Jones underscore Report, Tyler Jones Live, and Instant Thomas is uh, where you can find us there. Thomas Bridges joins me right now. Tom, Merry Christmas to you, my friend. Uh, I got to tell you, uh, we announced last week on the show that I am moving to Omaha, taking a position with great television as a, a national news anchor and producer. And I'm home in Tulsa right now in, uh, in Broken Arrow, Tom, but I'm doing all the getting the moving ready to go for when uh, I hit the road next week. And uh, I was reminded pretty quickly, moving socks, uh, finding an apartment and all that, th- this is such a pain. I-, I cannot wait for this to be over with and get settled and moved in, Tom. I don't blame you. I mean, you're not really moving that far, all no. things considered, but moving does suck. <laughs> I'm moving uh, three hours to Omaha from Lawrence, and I'm just going to be six hours from home in Tulsa where we're doing this show today. And, uh, you know, we've done this show how many times here? And this is going to be the last time we'll do the show in Tulsa for a while, Tom. Uh, you'll, you'll hold things down at Bartlesville on your end, but, uh, this is, uh, this is a crazy time for all of us. Uh, not only, uh, for me making this move, but for this show, uh, as we begin a new chapter here, uh, to celebrate kickoff, uh, 2021 here. And that being said too, I won't be in Bartlesville for much longer. I myself am moving, but just to Tulsa. Um, so I will have to hold down the whole green country. In yeah. that case, um, I will be all of green country there. Um, but yeah, um, you know, what a better time to start off the new year than with a move. Um, we ought to get you a Peyton Manning jersey to go. Right. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to wear a Bronco jersey uh, by any means. You get the throwback Colts, even though it doesn't. it's not where it originated. That's fine. That's fine with me. Uh, Tom, do you have any uh, advice for me as uh, as I make this move up to Omaha? Anything I should know? Um, you know, I'm not too familiar with Omaha. Usually, I'm good on restaurants and bars to go in cities that are that big. Um, but I've only merely just drove through Omaha and just passed it on the highway. Um, I mean, you're close enough to Kansas City. I don't think it's too much of a jump for you, but uh, I know it's going to be cold. It's going to be very cold. Oh, yeah. That's what we were just talking about before we started today's show. That's going to be an adjustment of how cold that will be considerably 
to compared to Tulsa or Lawrence and such, that will be uh, an adjustment, I think, for uh, for me, for sure, uh, dealing with that uh, colder weather. But it should be fun. I'm excited about where we're going and uh, to make this move. And hopefully everybody has a good Christmas. I'm back at home with the family for a few days, spending the holidays and, and uh, seeing some family and some friends before I uh, hit the road here uh, is uh, what's going on here. Tom, what are you doing uh, for uh, Christmas? What's going on with the Bridges family? You know, we're just having the same old thing that we usually do. We are. Switching it up this year, though, my mom's wanting to do brunch with mimosas and everything. So usually we just do a traditional breakfast at about eight in the morning this year. Uh, not really going to eat till noon. So that's pretty much the only thing that's changed. Um, you know, I'm, you know, as we record this, I'm going to uh, be DJing tonight at Angelo's. And it's always fun the night or the, the days before leading up to holiday everyone's back in town so it's like a mini um high school reunion for everybody but you know with covid who knows um uh, we right. do the best that we can i stay out of people's way just because i'm on stage so i'm usually good in that regard but you know who knows people are getting more brave and you know with the bars are back open here in oklahoma till two for the time being so People are doing that and, um, you know, gearing up for New Year, I'm sure, is, is if we want to, in the spirit of Festivus, if we want to be pessimistic, I'm sure the cases only get worse because everyone's going to be out at the bars on New Year's Eve. But that's the that's the limit of my Festivus that I'll, I'll air my grievances out on COVID one last time for this year. And then hopefully next year we don't have to talk about it the whole freaking year. Right. Um, I'm thinking that you know, based on the vaccine and all that being available, that we should get close to normal of some sorts by summer of next year. But that even still seems like a long time from now before we'll finally reach that point. But when that day comes and we get back to normal, uh, when we can have fans at football games again and all that, I will welcome that day. When uh, Hopefully we- College World Series in your new place of residency. Yeah. And I got to tell you, you know, I, I love, you know, seeing old friends and hanging out with people. But that was the number one thing since I announced I was moving to Omaha of inquiries of people asking if they can stay with me for the College World Series. I think I'm going to have to house like 10 people for a two week stretch time. Yeah. I might be one of them if OSU does any good. Um, and. For most folks, it was like, I, I just want to go. It didn't even matter what team was in it or whatever. So um, that might be my payback to society for this job is to be hosting people for the College World Series, which is fine with me. Um, the more the merrier. You know, we'll have a good time. But I've been to the College World Series a couple times. Uh, I've been to the NCAA tournament when it was in Omaha when uh, KU beat Duke and went to the Final Four. That was a good experience. And uh, so certainly excited uh, for this, what's ahead here uh, with, uh, with this move and, and all the memories that we made here in the uh, future uh, there in Omaha. And uh, with, with Christmas, these next couple of days, Tom, you mentioned how you're seeing like old friends and such. I was driving around Broken Arrow just around midday, around lunchtime. I could not believe how everything was packed. Cars is on the road everywhere. Went out to lunch yesterday with a friend of mine. 
and ran into some old friends and such that I hadn't seen in a while and, and, and stuff like that. It is amazing that people are starting to adapt, starting to adjust some sorts. I mean, airports are starting to fill up again. I think everybody's uh, learning to live with the virus, I guess, is one way to put it. Yeah, it seems to be the case. Um, everyone does seem to be, you know, slightly adjusting um, to it. And it doesn't mean it's going away necessarily not yet. There have been like, I, which I thought was pretty crazy when I saw it, but I guess it makes sense. Like 2.2 million people have already been vaccinated, uh, which is great. Uh, you know, I thought that's great that it's rolling out that quick. I didn't realize it was going to be rolled out that quickly, but uh, it's, you know, obviously pretty necessary. So that's, that's good to see. Jones, will you be getting the vaccine anytime soon? Uh, I will wait on the vaccine. Um, there are other people that need it more than I do. Um, for one, and then two, the other thing, you know, I, I want to see how it plays out, how legit it is and such before I jump on the vaccine. So I will get it eventually, but not right away, uh, is if that makes sense. Right now they did say there's some new strain in the UK, so we'll see how that goes, but I will wait on the vaccine as well. I don't, to be honest, I might get some flack for it. I don't even get the flu vaccine. I also haven't had the flu since the last time I had the vaccine 11 years ago. Um, knock on wood. <laughs> knock on wood real quick. Okay. Now, We're safe. I, um, got the, uh, <laughs> I got the flu last year when I was supposed to go to the AFC championship game, literally within days before. And I felt horrible. I felt like I was going to die. And, uh, and so I made up my mind I was getting the vaccine this year. And uh, so I got that done. Uh, but I'll, I'll eventually get this COVID vaccine, but not a right away, but eventually I will. Um, I think you have to have like two doses of the vaccine or something like that too. Um, yeah, it's I'll, like after three weeks, you have to go get another one. Yeah. I saw a video and I think I sent it to you of uh, the vaccine entering a hospital and the NBA and ESPN theme was playing behind it. That was so right. Perfect. That was great. Oh my gosh. I, I was I was ready to run through a brick wall for that vaccine. Right. Yeah. They, I, that's funny. Whoever did that deserves props for sure. When, Cause that was when that I get the laugh. vaccine, Tom, when I do get the vaccine, when they uh, put it in me, I'm going to be like Mike Breen and say, bang from downtown as I get the vaccine now. Right. See, I probably won't even be able to muster any words just because that's probably a big reason too. I don't really get the flu vaccine is I, I am, and I'm not an anti-vaxxer by any means. I'm just deathly afraid of needles. Uh, I can't even, I can't even get give blood or I'll pass out literally. So you, you uh, don't have any tattoos or anything? Uh, no, not, no, Would no, you no, no. And those, I mean, even if I did, those needles aren't any like crazy hypodermic, like big needles. Yeah. Um, but still, I don't. Yeah, I, that's one of the reasons I don't have any tats is I, I can't do it. I can't look at it. So, I will. I'm serious. I'll pass out. Here's the reason why I don't, have, I don't have a tattoo. I'm not afraid of the needles or anything like that. I have just not found something that I have to have on my body for the rest of my life. There hasn't been something that I said, that's it. That's the one right there. That's what stopped me from getting a tattoo. I haven't found that purpose, that meaning of sorts for one. That and they're expensive. And 
You know, I just if I'm gonna get one, it's gonna be an expensive one because I want it done well, obviously. Um, and so yeah, and it sticks with you forever. Yeah. So I'm not a big on commitment. So um, no. Tom, I'm not big uh, on commitment at all. Tom's not big on commitment, and he's not big on uh, on planning things out ahead of time in advance. Never, but it always works out eventually. Until it bites you. Eventually, it does. <laughs> I just, yeah, you gotta you gotta always keep your options open. All right. Uh, with that being said, uh, one team that has plenty of options is the Kansas City Chiefs. The way that they've been playing football, and uh, I know we're making the move up to Omaha here in a couple of weeks, but uh, through the NFL season, you know, and such, we're going to continue to talk uh, Chiefs and you know Big Twelve and all that. It's still going to remain our area of focus for now. Um, but looking at the Chiefs, last week you get the win against the Saints. Brees looked horrible. Um, you know, the Chiefs got the job done, took care of business. Uh, and, uh, you know, it was, it was a nice win. The offense was terrific and such. And then they got some help from the Cincinnati Bengals on Monday night with the Bengals upsetting the Pittsburgh Steelers, which nobody saw coming. Steelers handed their, what, third straight loss now after uh, losing to Cincinnati. And basically, here's the situation as it plays out. The Chiefs play the Falcons and the Chargers the next two weeks. And if the Chiefs take care of business this Sunday against Atlanta, then they lock up home field advantage and they can rest their starters for that game against the Chargers. And it means nothing, essentially. Um, You know, they'll have everything locked up, be good to go. If they uh, were to lose this week, they could still lock up home field advantage the following week, but they would obviously need to still play their starters and everything. So this week is critical. This Atlanta Falcons team Chiefs are facing, they're much improved from what they were at the beginning of the season. We were calling for Dan Quinn's head for about, what, a a year, a year and a half, and he finally got the, uh, the, the pink slip, and they've played a lot better football since then. Raheem Morris has done a good job as the interim head coach there, and they've competed. They've pulled off some big time wins. They uh, were right down to the wire with Tampa Bay last week. But as a coach Bo would say, Matt Ryan did Matt Ryan things and let that one slip away. And Tampa Bay ended up coming back to win that game. And so now going up against Atlanta, it's just not a given of sorts that the chiefs are going to roll over the Atlanta Falcons, uh, Matt Ryan, uh, you know, at quarterback, uh, you know, Todd Gurley at running back, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley. I mean, they got some dudes on this Falcons team. And so I think if you're the Chiefs this week, you take care of business, you know, go out there, play your best football, get the win here, and then have the reward for next week where you get to sit your guys, you know you have home field, you know you have a first-round bye, then you take the week off the next week and then come back for the divisional round of the playoffs – that all sounds nice, but you got to take care of business this week. This is one of the most important regular season games in Chiefs franchise history. Um, to be in this position, to have essentially two weeks off uh, would be big for these guys if uh, they can take care of business this week. So um, that's what I'm looking at for the Chiefs is that, um, you know, you, you do you play your game 
it's a situation where, Tom, I don't even think you necessarily even scout the Falcons uh, per se. I think that it's a situation where the Chiefs have to do what they do well, what they do best. You're getting the ball to Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, letting that offense do its thing and go from there. That's what I would look at as far as this approach to Atlanta this week is, um, yes, you have to get the win. You'll play your best football, but you do so by scouting yourself, doing the things that you do well. They do that, they'll, they'll be fine. You try to get out of there without any injuries. You already lost Clyde edwards Lair for the rest of the regular season. He's expected to be back for the postseason, fortunately. But go get a win, play your best football, self-scout, and uh, avoid injuries. You do those things, and you're going to be fine and enjoy a couple weeks off. And what I will say is, you know, we were talking to Diana last week. She came on the show, and one of the things that Diana pointed to was the Ravens last year had that first round bye. And that was the worst thing that could have happened to them because they were coming in so high with some great momentum. And then they have a Tennessee team show up and Tennessee just took them to the woodshed and ended up, you know, just dominating that game, pulling off the upset of the year in the NFL, uh, you know, knocking off uh, the, uh, the Ravens the way that they did. And what, what I would say is what's different now is, you know, Patrick Mahomes, as opposed to Lamar Jackson, can actually throw the football down the field. Um, and he can do so accurately and such. You don't have that issue. So I would not read too much into what happened to Baltimore last year because the Chiefs are a much better team right now than what that Ravens team was uh, at this time last year. And a lot of the talking heads you're hearing from Chris Sims and Rodney Harrison, some of these others on Sunday Night Football, and the so-called experts are saying, "Well, Chiefs aren't just winning by aren't winning by enough margins, you know, big enough margins, and such." And, and all that is a bunch of hogwash. Every game is tough in the National Football League. Everybody's good. They're winning big time games. They've only lost one so far at this point. I feel fine about this team, um, and I have no concerns about any lack you know losing momentum of some sorts if they end up having the next two weeks off for their for their starters Tom yeah I don't I don't see him losing too much steam either and it gives a chance to be everybody healthy and then that's one less game essentially well two at that point that you know injuries could occur um and and that's pretty much what would derail this Chiefs team if they you know a major injury was to happen and you can say you know Clyde Allaire but you know, he should be fine for the playoffs and, and Chiefs just got to keep doing what they do. Um, and, and you know, you get two weeks off, then you can kind of sit back and focus on, okay, maybe this is who you're going to probably play um, and, and be able to game plan a little bit even further ahead of time. Right. And also have a home playoff game, obviously. Um, so, yeah, I mean – Go out, beat the Falcons. The Falcons are no slouch. They did give up that game, much to my dismay. Um, but the Falcons can still play. They can still win. Um, you know, and I expect the Falcons to go out and play like they've actually got something on the line. Right. Yeah. Credit uh, to the Falcons, Tom, I would say what Morris has done a good job of is that once it was clear that they weren't making the playoffs – or their coach was fired and such, they never gave up. This team has continued to fight all season long and still compete. 
And, you know, that's that's big for any team to still be in that position of some sorts to do that. And uh, looking at the playoff picture right now, here's the scenario. Um, the Chiefs, if they are to clinch the number one seed in the AFC, do that this week, then they would play the lowest remaining seed in the next round of the playoffs. And so that leaves a number of options, um, also d- just depending on who wins. Uh, you know, the Ravens are on the outside looking in, as are the Raiders. Both those teams can still make the playoffs. I expect the Ravens actually to make it. Um, the Dolphins, of course, the Colts, the Browns. Um, I don't think the Titans are going to fall any farther than four uh, or uh, fall outside of that uh, that top five, rather. You know, they could be a wild card team if the uh, Colts end up winning that division. But I, I don't see them as that seven spot team. I think you're talking about it being a team like the Browns, Colts, Dolphins, Ravens, Raiders, something like that. Um you know, to me, the team I don't want to face if I'm the uh, Kansas City Chiefs is the Baltimore Ravens. That is the one team that it's almost like, really, they're the seven seed? How can they be the seven seed? What kind of home field advantage is that that you have to go up against maybe the second most talented team in the AFC, if that's the case? That's the team I wouldn't want to face. Um the, the Raiders at 7-7, seven and seven, they're a long shot at making this. I think that um, they wouldn't be terrible. The Dolphins, I know it was a close game. If I had to pick the way the Browns are playing, and I think the Browns, there's a good chance they end up winning that, that division and the Steelers uh, end up uh, as the wild card team. But I don't see the Steelers falling all the way down to the seventh seed at this point. I would, if I'm the Chiefs, I'd like to play the Steelers. That'd be fine. But it's the teams that have the average to below average quarterback play who I'd like to face. The Colts with Phillip Rivers. We we have noted many times in this show we're not fans of Phillip Rivers and how much he's actually holding that Colts team back. Tua having a good rookie year, but you, you would welcome the idea of playing a rookie quarterback in the playoffs. Those are the two teams I would like if I'm Kansas City who I want to see but I don't want to see Baltimore right out of the gates um, as far as that uh, that first round for the playoffs goes. Tom, is, is that kind of the same feeling you have if you're Kansas City? Yeah, I wouldn't mind the Dolphins, honestly, and it's not because the Dolphins aren't good. Hell, they beat my team. Uh, it's it's because that they don't – they don't – I mean, they don't lack – or, I mean, they lack a whole lot of playoff experience. Uh, you know, you got Tua just coming in. I mean, you'd be licking your chops for a cheeseburger if you're Andy Reid at that point. Um, you know, even if, let's say it's the Raiders that happens again. I mean, that's too close. One game you lost, the other one was really close. I wouldn't want the Ravens either. Um, I mean, at that, yeah, I mean, I think best case scenario, maybe the Dolphins, but uh, I mean, at that point, you, you obviously don't get to pick who you play, so you should be kind of prepared. You know, worst-case scenario, you do get the Ravens. Right. Yeah. Um, And uh, as far as the MVP race goes, Patrick's in good shape. Uh, You know, we we talked to – you know, Diana mentioned last week she thought he was the favorite. I think Aaron Rodgers is right there. Um, You know, Aaron and company, the Packers, they're in a position, Tom, where, you know, the NFC is so close they might – have to play the next couple weeks out, not get that 
uh, you know, week off for their starters or something because of how tight things are in the NFC. Um, you know, statistically, and a lot of these voters look into those details of these statistics and such, Aaron Rodgers might have the edge simply just for the fact that he's probably going to play these next two games as opposed to Patrick Mahomes uh, not having to play the last week of the regular season. They're close right now, but uh, I would think that Rodgers, when it comes to just pure numbers and such, is in a good shape with probably having to play an extra game as opposed to Patrick. Yeah, and I don't think Aaron Rodgers probably minds all that much, especially if they can, you know, steal that one seed. Um, and and for him, I mean, he's having a, a heck of a year, and everyone, you know, expected that he was finished in Green Bay. And I've been a, an A-Rod fan this season um, for sure. I don't think this should bother him too much. I do think that he'll take on that challenge, and I wouldn't doubt that I, – I wouldn't be shocked if the Packers end up with the one seed. Yeah. They're, I'd uh, hate to play in Lambeau Field, I can tell you that. Man, and uh, Aaron Rodgers has never hosted the NFC Championship game. We'll talk about the Packers coming up in just a bit, but they have a one-game edge on the Saints. I don't know how tiebreakers work uh, in the NFC, if, if they would need to – if they can clinch this week or not. Um, but you would have to think that uh, Aaron Rodgers and company – and that, that'd be big for them if they get that the host uh, as far as that goes. But that's where we're looking at right now with the Chiefs this week with the Falcons. Um, you know, they, they should be fine, but it's not a given at this point. Reminds me similar, Tom, to when the Chiefs played the Carolina Panthers, another AFC South team earlier this year, in that, you know, the Chiefs were the heavy favorite, obviously, the more talented team. But we were well aware that the Panthers like the Falcons have talent, that they were going to compete, make it a competitive game. Um, and you can't just sleep over them. Can't overlook this. A Falcons team reminds me similar to what we saw with Carolina earlier this year. Let's go around the rest of the national football league. Beginning on Christmas day, Tom, the Vikings take on the saints. We're going to pick this game coming up later on in the show, but the saints are a six and a half point favorite. Saints at 10 and 4, Vikings at 6 and 8. Tom, um, Drew Brees, we talked about it on Monday's show, just looked terrible against the Chiefs. That arm looked shot. Um, I know he's coming off injury and everything, but man, the New Orleans, they're going to make a run of any sorts. They got to get more out of Drew Brees than what we saw on Sunday. Um, Taysom Hill's not the guy. I- I've said that very clearly that I'm selling Taysom Hill quarterback position. Um, if we don't see improvement from Drew Brees from what we saw last Sunday, they might need to give Jameis a shot at this point. What say you as far as uh, the Saints right now? Yes, depending on where they end up and who they play, uh, you know, in the playoffs, they're going to have to figure out something because, uh, and you know, I don't, I, here's, here's a scenario. Here's two scenarios, actually. One, uh, they understand that this is Drew Brees' last go, and they just let him have it, let him have it if he wants to go out there and shit the bed while he's earned it. Uh, two, they pull him and say, hey, listen, uh, we still – we don't want a swan song, you Drew Brees. We actually want you to uh, get another Super Bowl, Super Bowl ring potentially, and we understand that, unfortunately, you are not <laughs> – 
the, the one to do it. You at that point are the weakest link. Um, so two scenarios there. I could see him trying to swan song breeze and let him go out however he wants to go out because what we saw on Sunday, that, that looked like a man whose last season is upon us. Oh yeah. Um, it looks similar to, you know, noodle arm Peyton Manning that last year still won a Super Bowl though. Um, you know, Brett Favre that last year was just awful. Father time is undefeated. And I think that we're seeing the beginning of the end of Drew Brees. Um, I'd be shocked if he's back in a Saints uniform next year based on uh, what we've seen here this season, in particular last Sunday. The uh, Lions taking on the Buccaneers. Tom, an interesting scenario. You and I, at the beginning of the season, made a bet on this Bucks team. I said they'd win 11 games. You said that they would only win nine or less. And so we made a bet where if they won 11 or more, I'd get $100 if they won nine or less then you would get $100. And if they finished 10 and 6, then it'd be a push. We wouldn't owe each other anything. Well, now we've reached the point where the Bucks, after squeaking one by last week against the Falcons, are 9 and 5. They get the Lions this week, and then they get the Falcons again the following week. And the Bucks, the Bucks are fighting for every playoff spot they can get at this point. They're in the playoffs, but they're trying to still – potentially win that division or uh you know get a get that five seed in the uh in the in the wild card whatever it may be so they're not going to be sitting starters they play Detroit this week Tom uh I, I feel like I have the upper hand here that either uh I'm not gonna we're not gonna owe each other anything at all or the the uh, bucks are gonna win out and uh, get me that $100. That's where I'm feeling. I'm in great shape right now. What, what do you feel about your position with the Bucks at the moment? I was really feeling really good about it uh, at halftime on Sunday. Um, and Matt Falcons Ryan let me did. down. Until Matt Ryan did. Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan thinks he did. I couldn't believe it. I could not believe it. Um, but I feel like it's going to be a 10-6 and six ordeal, honestly. Uh, and even if even if they go 11 and five, um, I could see if they, and you know, you would be entitled to the hundred. If that's the case, I am going to win the pick them and get that hundred. And then that will even us out. That's how that's going to work. But I will be rooting for the lions and then I'll be rooting for the Falcons. (laughs) I will be a big Detroit fan this weekend. Oh, uh, well, they, they got rid of... Uh, that, that's all I want. That's all I want for Christmas, Jones. Is uh, the Bucks to lose. Uh, I don't want... All right, I want a lot for Christmas. I just need Tom Brady to shoot the bed. That's what I'm going to be singing on. <laughs> well, I can tell you this right now. Um, you're not going to win both games. The, the Bucks are not going 0-2 to finish the year. Um, I if they if they go zero and two, I'm going to play that sound clip that you just created for the rest of eternity. I mean, it, I not, will play it at your wedding. I will play it at your wedding. Way. That's not how this ends. Tom Brady will find a way to win at least one of the next two. That if we push, that's fine with me. Okay. And if the line, dear God, if the Lions win this weekend somehow, I. 
the I won't even watch the Rams game the last week. I will be eyes on. <laughs> I might even go out and get a Falcons jersey from somewhere <laughs> if the Lions win. <laughs> and then only to have Matt Ryan disappoint you doing Matt Ryan things. Uh, <laughs> Matt Ryan finally doesn't do Matt Ryan things and pulls it out. Oh, it'd be horrible. Cheering for we can only boy, hope. Cheering for your boy Todd Gurley to to look like the Rams. Todd Gurley. I wish I I would give him my right knee. <laughs> if that if that was going to mean. Oh gosh, uh, Tampa Bay's a, a nine and a half point favorite coming up this Sunday uh, at Detroit. Niners taking on the Cardinals. Cardinals at eight and six. Niners at five and nine. Tom, uh, Kyler Murray and company, they really need this one. Uh, they, they struggled there for a few weeks, but now they're starting to play some better football again here. Uh, Must-win game for Arizona for their playoff hopes. Yeah, they have to have it. And, and I know the 49ers would like to do nothing more than to spoil that, so I wouldn't I'd, – I'd hate to pick this game. Yeah, uh, Arizona at five, the Bears – have been playing some better football with Mitch Trubisky. They're just uh, sitting at seven and seven, a game back of Arizona for that uh, wild card spot. So not locked up by uh, Arizona just yet. The Dolphins take it on the Raiders. We're going to pick this game coming up later on. The Dolphins are a three point favorite. They're at nine and five. The Raiders are at seven and seven. Tom, I feel like these two teams are going in opposite directions right now. The Dolphins have gotten better with Tua every single week. It seems the Raiders really hit a wall. Uh, their defense has just been atrocious. I know they made a change moving Rod Marinelli to that defensive coordinator spot. Um, both these teams, when it comes to playoff hopes and such, must-win game for both these teams. Um, not to spoil my pick for later, but I like what the Dolphins are doing a lot better right now than I do what I like from the Raiders at the moment. Yeah, so do I. It's, uh, I mean, they're a lot. They, they look like more of a complete team than the Raiders did have this season. Yeah. Uh, the Colts taking on the Steelers. The Steelers 11-3. and three. They were just 11-0 and 0 a couple weeks ago. But Big Ben, um, he, he looked washed on Monday night. Uh, that, that old fat quarterback could not move with anything. He couldn't throw the football down the field. I mean, Ben just looked old on Monday night. And the Steelers, I know they've had a couple injuries on their defense. They lost Bud Dupree and a couple of these other guys here. Uh, but the Steelers are not the team that they were earlier in this season. The Colts, we've been saying all year, Tom, that you know we haven't been buying what the Colts are selling um, at 10-4, and four, that Felt Rivers was holding that team back. You got two quarterbacks that were picked in the same draft. I think both these teams would be better with other quarterbacks than who they have right now. Um, you know, we'll, we'll pick this game coming up later on in the show. Um, not necessarily must win because both these teams are playoff teams, but certainly it would be big for momentum for either one of these teams to, uh, to get this win heading into the postseason. The Steelers, I think need this more than Indy does at this point, uh, right in this, uh, three game losing streak right now. They really need to take care of business against Indy here. Yeah, they got to get some good vibes going in Pittsburgh because they lose this one. I I mean, the way that it's been going for Pittsburgh, they could, you know, drop the first game. Yeah, yeah, they could. I wouldn't shock me at this point. The Browns uh, are going to take on the Jets. And Tom will be the first to tell you that 
going up against I the still hurt. is not a guaranteed win. I mean, what 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 the hell happened last week, Tom? That's that's Sean McVay. I texted you the three, the third and four, of when we've ran it the whole that whole drive to get right in field goal range. What to you could have tied it. Third and four, what do they do? Go deep. Okay, well, four down, we'll kick a field goal. Matt Gay had missed a field goal all day. Just tied up. Okay, you know, we tied up with the Jets. We're going to take it in overtime or even get the ball back with two minutes left and, and mount something. What happens? No, no we're not going to send a kicker out there from, from 45, 50 what we're in, in a dome or in a you know, covered stadium. What we're going to do is we're going to get Jared Goff out there on a fourth and four, and throw it to Gerald Everett deep towards the goal line. It's broken up by Jets defender. Rams have a couple timeouts. Doesn't matter. Jets, of all people, run freaking old man Frank Gore and get the first down, and the ball game's over 23-20. But, I mean, jokes are really on them. Uh, Jokes on the Jets. Rams are still making the playoffs. Jets just lost their sweepstakes for Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, and uh, now you take on this Browns team. The Browns have been red hot. Uh, Baker Mayfield's playing the best football of his career right now. Um, he's been unbelievable, and he's been better without Odell Beckham uh, out there. I mean, it's it's awesome what the Browns are doing, sitting at 10-4. and four. And you, you, I think they'll win this week. Uh, not a guarantee, but they should win this week. Get, get that over the Jets, and that puts them in 11 wins. And then potentially you're playing the Steelers the next week with maybe the AFC North on the line in that game. Um, Who saw this coming? I predicted the Browns would make the playoffs. I didn't think this team was winning 11 or 12 games and potentially the AFC North here. And the way that they're playing now, too, I think that we were saying with the Browns originally was, okay, you know, they, they look like they could make the playoffs, maybe get there, maybe even win one game. But now, with the way this team has kicked it up a notch, I wouldn't say that this team is a threat to the Chiefs by any means, but I wouldn't rule out their chances at, at an AFC championship game appearance, Tom. I don't think that's out of the question right now. The Browns are really uh, hitting their stride right now. Baker Mayfield strolls in to – Arrowhead Stadium and takes down the defending champion Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, that's not happening. <laughs> your your favorite quarterback and your favorite team collide. Oh gosh. Never say never. The Jets beat the Rams last week. I love what Baker's doing, and I know you secretly do too, Tom. Uh I don't. You you love it. You you just can't get enough of it. But I hate it. There's a there's a ceiling of some sorts, but it's they're not they're not winning the AFC, but they have certainly improved a whole lot this year. And uh, with you know with Baker, uh, you know he's matured a bit. But credit to Kevin Stefanski, um, that's one of the best coaching jobs we've seen from anybody this year. What he's done there in Cleveland to bring stability and run a competent offense of sorts there. Yeah, they have run. I, I have to give them that. Um, and, and they finally kind of got the message to say, oh, well, we have these two great running backs. Maybe we should run the ball. <laughs> Which is just, oh, it's, it's incredible. Finally, that sticks. Right. 
you long, long enough. Uh, how about the uh, Bears taking on the uh, Jags? The uh, Jags now in a prime position in the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes to end up with the number one pick and uh, bring the Clemson quarterback to uh, Jacksonville. The Bears at 7-7, seven and seven, fighting for a playoff spot with Arizona. Mitch Trubisky has played better since he got his job back. Tom, do you think Chicago can make the postseason and – Mitch Trubisky stick around in Chicago. You see that happening. What's say you as far as the Bears right now? Well, the Jags are going to help him out this week because if you're in the Jags locker room or on that coaching staff, you're going to say, don't even try. Well, all, that uh, staff, that, all that coaching staff's about to get fired anyway, though. Doug Marone's not going to be back. So at that point, you're maybe coaching as a big middle finger. I think that's what Adam. Maybe did. that's what the Jets did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that could be. That would be very interesting. Yeah. What What do you think of uh, the Bears and uh, their playoff hopes and also with uh, Trubisky, his potential coming back? Uh, I think Trubisky's back. I mean, as long as he doesn't – as long as the Bears get in the playoffs, Trubisky will be back. Um, it's kind of like um, – at this point, Trubisky's a whole lot like Bruce Weber. Okay. Just somehow getting in. I don't think Bruce – I think this will be the end of Bruce Weber in, in Manhattan this year, but uh, just does enough just to stick around. Just when you think he's done, he does just enough to keep it, keep the show going. Oh, man. Bruce Weber. Shout out Bruce Weber. Uh, nice job losing to a D2 school uh, a couple of <laughs> weeks ago in Fort Hayes. You know, he'll never live that down. Uh, the Giants taking on the Ravens. Uh, Ravens at nine and five. Giants at five and nine. Uh, last week they were without Daniel Jones and without Jason Garrett in that loss to uh, Cleveland at home. Ravens at uh, with where they're at, Tom. I think the Ravens have found a spark of some sorts. They're playing the best football they've played all year. I have no reason to think that they're going to have any problems handling the uh, the football Giants coming up on Sunday. You ready to see Dez throw it up again? I don't care who you are. That was good to see. It was. I'm happy. That was. That was. That was something. Maybe he's the uh, dark horse for them. I don't. I don't know. Um, but you know, teams get hot at the right time. And we mentioned at the beginning of the show, Chiefs definitely don't want to see the Ravens first out of the gate. Oh no, thank you. So the Ravens, uh, as far as the Chiefs are concerned, keep on winning. Keep on getting those Ws. Um, uh, as far as that goes, the uh, Bengals taking on the Texans. Don't know why anyone would spend their time watching this game. Um, but the Bengals coming off a win against Pittsburgh, Houston with uh, Deshaun Watson and company. They're at four and ten right now. Tom, um, I would think that the Texans win this game, but um, I, I guess the uh, the Bengals, you know, had their moment in the sun on a Monday night as well. I, I like Houston here, but. What, what do we really know about these uh, lesser teams at this point here? Come, a lot of it comes down to who's more motivated at this point in the year. That's what it seems like. Um, and I, I would want to – I would not want to pick this game. I would not put money on this game. Not Houston, at all. Houston is an eight-week uh, favorite on Sunday. You know, if we had to pick this game, I'd say I'd take the Bengals. I don't think Texans are covering eight. I don't think Texans are winning by nine or more. 
I want you to like. But I wouldn't. I would. I wouldn't put money on it. I want you to put money on this game, Tom. I will no. I'm all out of funds on our friend Bovada's website. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit of a problem there. Um, maybe. Right. Maybe uh, Mystic. Maybe uh, Mystic can uh, refill your Bovada account for Christmas. No. Yeah. I don't. I, at that point, I wouldn't let anybody do it. I, I'm good at picking games where I don't actually have money on the line. <laughs> Maybe next season when we do pick them, considering I'll, I'll bet I'm only one game in the lead uh, as of now. Maybe next season I'll literally put, you know, disperse $20 every week <laughs> and not touch it. You know, just disperse the 20 put a 20 in every single week and bet the money evenly on all the games we pick. And right now, I think what uh, I'm 81 and 64, and you're 80 and 65 or something like that. Yeah. That's pretty good. That's that's positive. That's in the green. It would be. We would be making money right now if we were uh, playing for money, but we are not. If we were TJ, we would not. <laughs> if, if we were TJ, <laughs> we'd be bankrupt right now. Um <laughs> The uh, the Broncos and the Chargers. Broncos are five and nine, as well as the Chargers at five and nine. Chargers had a nice win last week uh, against the Raiders with uh, Justin Herbert and company. This game in LA here. Um, here's a question for you, Tom: Are both of these coaches going to be back next year? Do you see Anthony Lynn and Vic Fangio retaining their jobs with the Broncos and the Chargers? I say that. Anthony Lynn is gone. I don't know if Fangio's gone or not. I think that's kind of 50-50 at this point. Yeah, with the Broncos, they have, you know, I don't think Drew Locke's the guy there. I really don't. Um, and, you know, some people love Drew Locke. I just – I think you can do better at that position. That should not be your end-all, be-all at the quarterback position, especially not if you want to keep your job. Um, I think he's back simply because, you know, Denver really kind of got dealt a bad hand this year as far as the injury bug goes, um, not to mention just COVID in general. Anthony Lynn, I could see being gone. Uh, they do have their quarterback of the future. Uh, the Chargers do. Herbert, I like the kid. He's done a lot better than I thought he would this season. I do think Coach is gone, though. Fangio, I think, stays. I think he gets another shot at it. You know, I, I look at the case of Anthony Lynn there in uh, the Chargers, Tom. You got the young quarterback. You got some talented players with uh, Hunter Henry and, uh, you know, Bosa and uh, Keenan Allen and company. Um, On paper, that looks like that could be the best job opening, new stadium and everything. But at the end of the day, it's still the Chargers. They always find ways to screw things up. Um, You know, their acronym is LAC, the same as the Clippers. And essentially, they are the Clippers of the NFL. Um, everything about that says it's a good job, except the ownership and how they handle things in the chargers, um, when it comes to that job opening. Yeah, it does seem like that. I mean, and, you know, obviously, you know, chargers live in the shadow of the Rams and the Clippers live in the shadow of the Lakers. It's, uh, pretty even there in LA. I mean, can you really have two, I mean, granted the Clippers, and the Lakers, you know, are pretty good, obviously, now. But historically, can you really have two teams? Is the town – I know LA's huge. Was the town really big enough for two teams? 
No, because they can't even support one team. They never, they were never selling out for either one of them before COVID and all this. I, I don't see the Chargers lasting in LA long term, Tom. No, I don't either. Where do they go? San Antonio, London. Um, Can you imagine your team moving to London? Right. Oh, gosh. You know, it hurt me when the Rams left St. Louis. If the Rams would have moved to London, I would have been sick. <laughs> London calling. Um, maybe that's the future for the Chargers at this point. Everything's up in the air. The Washington football team taking on the Panthers. Uh, Dwayne Haskins, uh, he had an interesting week. Uh, after starting <laughs> Hanging last... out with James Harden. Yeah, James Harden uh, and uh, and uh, Mo Williams at, uh, at Magic City, right? There you um, go. <laughs> but nonetheless, uh, I don't know if Alex Smith is going to be back yet or not, if uh, they're going to have to go with Haskins again. But he got his first start after losing his job and threw two interceptions in that loss to Seattle. They covered, by the way. I called that one. I was the only one that picked the football team to win that game, uh, to, uh, to cover that one. And uh, half Smith, point. <laughs> yes. Hey, a half point. Half point's good enough. It's close. As close as you can get. Yeah, the uh, Panthers at a uh, four and ten. Uh, they've had you know such a up and down year, more down obviously uh, at this point. Tom uh, Washington fighting to win that a that uh, NFC East. They really need this one, and it's not going to be easy come Sunday. No, it's not. I especially not with Dwayne Haskins if he plays again. Um, and you know, the talk in the locker room is not going to. There's got of went from a pretty decently positive atmosphere with Alex Smith to now just all the talk and drama surrounding Dwayne Haskins probably turned pretty toxic pretty quick. Is I'm guessing Kyle Allen's hurt. He's out. He's done. Too many yeah, injuries. He's, he's out for the year, yeah. Yeah, I figured. Um, yeah, that's – we'll see. I mean, just the NFC East, I, I mean, has just been a complete show, um, you know. So the giant, I mean, are the is anybody in that league or sorry that division? No one's even eliminated yet, are they? Uh, the Eagles and the Cowboys are eliminated. They are okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Can you imagine? Did you think at the beginning of the season we would have said Giants and the Washington Football Team would have been fighting for a right. playoff spot? If uh, if Washington wins the division, they have to remain the football team. Yeah, the first time they make the playoffs in how long? Oh, a while. Since RG3 was there as a rookie. Yeah, right. There, yeah, they would have to stay that way. Right. That stays the Washington football team. Um, Ron Rivera made it no secret he didn't like Dwayne Haskins uh, before all this. Uh, I would love to be a fly on the wall for those conversations this week. That would be a very cringy situation. I would, yeah, I, I mean, I would have to go take a shower after leaving. <laughs> the Eagles taking on the Cowboys. Cowboys five and nine. Eagles four, nine and one. Eagles about a two and a half point favorite. Jalen Hurts coming off a great game against Arizona in the loss last week. And uh, he's provided a spark for him since he took over for Carson Wentz. Tom, uh, are you buy, buying Jalen Hurts? Have the Eagles found their quarterback of the future? 
Or is it too early to say? I'm sold. And you know I don't like OU guys. And I will stand by that I'm not a Baker Mayfield fan whatsoever. However, I am a fan of this situation with Jalen Hurts. And I am a Jalen Hurts fan. I love to see that. And I'm not an Eagles fan. Actually, Philly might be my least favorite sports city. Um, just because they're trash individuals. Um, but... <laughs> Yeah, I'm serious. I, they are terrible fans. Uh, terrible, terrible fans. Um, but I like to see Jalen Hurts do good. That Not only did that make Jared Goff look way better in the debate as far as who do you take, Jared Goff or Carson Wentz. And granted, Wentz has a Super Bowl ring, but it was none of his own doing. Um, so I like to see what Jalen Hurts is doing. I hope he continues to be the quarterback there and uh, I, I think with this continued success, I think the Eagles fans are going to be like, yep, get rid of Wentz. Right. And then what do you do with Wentz? Who would want to trade for that contract? I mean, it's like a he's like a damn car in a salvage yard. Right. <laughs> I mean, at this point, you got to trade him for parts. Right. And all that money's guaranteed. Um, mm, that's why it's guaranteed, I suppose. I don't, I mean, I don't blame Carson Wentz. Go get your money. <laughs> right. Right. I, mean, <laughs> I don't blame him, but man, if I was an Eagles fan, I'd be like, oh, I mean, you don't, yeah, I mean, you, you, do you just keep him? Because at this point, he's going to turn into the next Nick Foles and become a journeyman. Right. He's going to end up on the Chicago Bears and they're going to end up pulling out a Super Bowl. Where Nick Foles gets hurt and Carson Wentz comes in and wins. He's a very the Super Bowl. He's a very rich, bad quarterback, is what Carson Wentz is right now. It sounds uh, like Sam Bradford. <laughs> I didn't think Sam was <laughs> bad. I thought he was average, but Carson Wentz looks bad uh, right now. As far as banged up, like injury wise. Yeah. By the end of Bradford, Bradford's got to be taking an ice bath once a week. <laughs> to this day. Uh, You're right. Poor Sam Bradford. Rams taking on the Seahawks. Seahawks are one and a half point favorite. We're going to pick this game coming up later. Tom, what's it going to take for the Rams to bounce back here? And, and Seattle's not playing too hot either. Yeah, uh, I don't I don't think it's going to take much. I think that was a wake-up call for the Rams. They do this thing. They've been doing it all season. Okay, the Rams are here for now. You know, they're, they're ready where there's no more bullshit. Okay, and I just started to believe after they took it to the Patriots, I was starting to believe. I was like, okay, we got something here. And sure enough, they and I watched that first drive of the game. They were saying the Jets, this is the funniest thing about the Jets, the one in 13 Jets should be 0-14. Um, the funniest thing about them, it is now eight opening drives in a row that they've went down and scored a touchdown. Eight in a row. The New York Jets, and they have still only won one game. And Jones, the the tick, the tipping point where I was like, we're in trouble, is Sean McVay is not up at halftime. The winning percentages obviously goes way down because he's never lost a game that he's been up at halftime in. He's like 34-0. And when I saw that, I thought, this isn't good. This isn't good. He doesn't lose games when he's winning. 
he just loses games that he's never winning in. Um, and it, that happened, and they, they could have mounted a comeback, like I said, but, you know, for the Seahawks, they're not doing too hot either. This is a must-win for both teams, though, for the Rams and for the Seahawks. Uh, it's in, I do believe it's in Seattle. Um, and, you know, they usually split this game, but the Rams, uh, they better figure it out quick. They they had they could have afforded to lose this game, maybe, if they would have took care of business against the Jets. Lo and behold, obviously it's my team that loses to the team with no wins. That's just how my life goes. Um, that's just how it works. Um, but yeah, this is going to be, this is, this is like Steelers Ravens. Like this is like the junior varsity Steelers Ravens games, Seahawks Rams. They both have it out for each other. Uh, Sean McVay has normally taken care of business against the Seahawks. Um, who knows? Pete Carroll's going to be chewing his damn gun. Sean McVay is going to be, you know, I don't know, whatever Sean McVay does. I haven't found out a kink for Sean McVay yet. Um, but this is – I'm going to be watching this game because I think this is going to be the best game of the week. Also, it's my team. Uh, but I'm putting – I'm pegging this as the mo- the, the game you'd, you would watch if you didn't have a stake in anything else. Uh, it's, what's fo- it's what uh, Fox is dubbing America's game of the week. Uh, I believe it. Sunday Night Football, Titans taking on the Packers. This is a fantastic matchup between two teams from opposing conferences in uh, the Titans and the Packers. Both teams run the football well with Derrick Henry and Aaron Jones. Ryan Tannehill was playing some really good football. Aaron Rodgers having an MVP-like uh, season right now. Green Bay's a three-and-a-half-point favorite. We're going to pick this game coming up later on. Tom, to me, this is a really good football game. Edge goes to Green Bay slightly for being the home team here, but there's no outcome here that could shock me. I could really see this game going either way. Uh, the Titans are not going to have home field in the AFC. They're out of contention for that. That'll be uh, the Chiefs or the Bills at this point. Um, the Packers just one game up on the Saints. I think the Packers need this more than the Titans do at this point right now. Yeah, it's a lot closer, obviously, in the NFC. And, the, you know, the Titans are going to make the playoffs. They understand. At this point, they're just fighting for seeding, I guess. But still, at the same time, I mean, you would think that they would need to, uh, you know, get it figured out. And, and, you know, it should be a good matchup for the Titans to kind of like, I don't know, adjust the ship a little bit or, you, you know, have a pretty solid team that is could make the Super Bowl. And, and get you prepared for the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, it should be a fun game. Bills taking on New England on Monday Night Football. Josh Allen, 4,000 yards, 30 touchdowns, just nine interceptions. He's had a phenomenal season. The Bills playing fantastic the last few weeks here. Um, you want to talk about changing of the guard of sorts here, Tom. We could be talking about a blowout win for Buffalo here. They are a far superior team to what New England is right now. It would only be right if the Bills went in and smoked Bill Belichick. It'd be beautiful. It would, I, would, I wouldn't say it would make up for all these years, uh, but 
oh, it would feel good for those Buffalo fans. No one circles the wagon like the Buffalo Bills. And do you want to see the Bills in the playoffs if you're the Chiefs? Um, I don't. I don't fear the Bills. They're playing really good, but matchup wise, the Chiefs ran the football, which is something that they don't do a whole lot of, for over 200 yards, 40 times on Buffalo. I, I don't fear Buffalo if I'm Kansas City. Yeah, and I guess you know for Kansas City, you're not going to have to play in Buffalo, right? So there you have it. Uh, plenty more to get to on today's show. We'll have our picks and pick them coming up later on. Also going to talk uh, some college football playoff and uh, the NBA opening up their season. Plus, we'll have our Tom Fulkery story of the week coming up as well. But next is uh, Luke Slaboff from 20, Fox uh, 23 News joining us as uh, we'll get uh, Luke's take on all things OU, OSU, TU, and Oklahoma City Thunder. Coming up next, stay with us here on the Jones Report. Joining us now on location is Luke Slaboff from Fox 23 in Tulsa as we have made the trek down to T-Town for the holidays. And uh, Luke joins us right now. Luke, good to finally have you on the podcast. What's going on, man? It's great to see you in the flesh um, here at this Broken Arrow Starbucks. Um, <laughs> something about your voice, Tyler Jones. It's like Mike Tirico, Kenny Albert, and Chris Myers. I know it's not biologically possible for them all to have a baby, but it's just the the gravitas, and I appreciate being on the podcast. Um, it's very rare to find someone who has such a prolific output like you do, but also makes time for the little guy like myself. So I appreciate it. Well, you're not the little guy by any means, Luke. But <laughs> we uh, we appreciate you joining us and uh, and catching up with you. And and that compliment I, I will take uh, gladly. Uh, those three uh, all uh, are fantastic broadcasters in their own right. So uh, certainly appreciate that. Luke, uh, since it's your first time on the podcast, I've had you on my radio show before. Uh, tell us about your background. How did you end up here in Tulsa? What's, uh, what have you been doing here in T-Town? You know, it's a big credit to Fox 23 here and uh, sports director Nathan Thompson. They took a chance on me when I was out of the business. Um, I was living with my mom in St. Louis. And uh, by the way, uh, today is my mom's birthday, December 23rd. So got to give her a call after this. But Teddy Slaybaugh, you're the best. I love you. Happy uh, birthday, mom. Happy birthday to mom. Uh, she'll definitely be uh, listening to this when it comes out. A uh, big supporter of my work, uh, as long as, as well as my dad, too, Dan Slayball. Um, so uh, it's been a year and a half here since I've been in Tulsa covering uh, OU football, OSU, TU, TU having a great season, uh, some Thunder as well. So uh, right now, end of December, actually ever since kind of July, it's been this conflagration of nonstop sports here in Oklahoma and uh, really blessed to be here. That's great. That's great. And uh, what were your previous stops for uh, t I was in Knoxville, Tennessee, covered Tennessee football for three years, and then uh, got some work done. Yeah, uh, one of the most passionate fan bases and uh, SEC country is very dear to my heart. Uh, Take their football real seriously down there. And uh, while I was in college, got some work at the NBC affiliate in Columbia, Missouri, covered Mizzou football as well. They were in the SEC, and uh, uh, yeah, some some mid-mo experience. It's been quite a journey, and uh, all the friends I've made along the way and uh, the great experiences uh, have led me here to Oklahoma. Very blessed to be here. So, so uh, being from St. Louis, are you uh, a Cardinals, Blues? I know you went to Mizzou and such. Who, who are your teams you root for? 
Uh, well, you know, these days kind of hard to root for teams when you got one eye on the ball and reporting and journalism and all that. Um, grew that's, up. That's the big J answer. The yeah. big J answer. That's the thing. You you meet famous people in this job, and it's great. But you always have to have a little bit of uncertainty and a little bit of disdain when you're talking to front office members or team presidents and owners and stuff because there's always the brand. You're not always sure you're getting 100% the real story. Right. So uh, in terms of my teams, I uh, grew up a Blues fan. Uh, they were great. Uh, we were a big baseball and hockey uh, family. My parents actually met in Peoria, Illinois, so we're a split Cubs-Cardinals family. Um, actually, one of my favorite all-time stories is being a Cubs fan and growing up a Cubs fan. Uh going to game seven of the world series there in cleveland for that that rain delay victory Ooh. i was i was up deep in the center field bleachers um but spent all night uh reveling in the chicago cubs first world series win in 108 years so that um those were my teams uh football uh ever since the rams left st louis i've kind of been an orphan and uh, we weren't much of a big basketball family to be honest so uh mizzou basketball was really my first taste of the sport and uh, really enjoyed them uh, when coach haith was there and I think they got a good thing going right now with Conzo Martin and uh yeah just kind of uh kind of an orphan when it comes to the other two major leagues so so uh when the Rams left did that feel like personal punishment for you for the Cubs finally winning the World Series uh well no it was actually <laughs> it was actually kind of a sigh of relief at the time because it was Jeff Fisher uh Case Keenum and Sam Bradford and uh, the greatest show on turf days were well in the past I do remember the Rams a lot of seven and nine football, and sometimes a lot worse than that, too. I think the last time I watched the Rams on TV, I think Blaine Gabbert was the 49ers quarterback, and he just torched them. I think that was their last shot of the playoffs. I think Matt Hasselbeck and the Seahawks beat them, too. It was, it was when the NFC West was not something to be proud of. These days, the West, you've got a real young, sexy Rams team and Sean McVay, and the Arizona Cardinals have Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray, and the Seahawks have always been good for a long time now so uh, it is quite different than what i grew up on in nfc west football <laughs> things have changed just a little bit uh there and uh what what's your uh what's your craziest sec football experience of sorts whether it was at mizzou or in, in tennessee uh I, I bet you've seen some things oh um i think every time i set foot on an sec football field to shoot a game there was something crazy that happened um my mind immediately goes, and I don't think this is the craziest thing that happened, but I thought of Kevin Sumlin today because uh, Arizona just hired a replacement for him. They hired New England's uh, quarterback coach to be the Wildcats football coach. Um, when I was on the field at Kyle Field, it was uh, number eight A&M and number nine Tennessee in 2016. And just the way I was positioned in the end zone, uh, this woman came up and stood next to me for pretty much the entire game and was giving me like a mix of play-by-play and commentaries like, ooh, I don't like that guy in coverage, like, oh, he's bad on the line. And I come to find out that this girl is Kevin Sumlin's daughter, Courtney. I I think she was 21 at the time. And uh, we just hung out basically the entire game. I had one eye on the ball, of course. And the way that game ended, Trevor Knight crashing into the end zone, Josh Dobbs throwing a pick, like probably the best game I've been to in the SEC but there was something about Courtney Sumlin just making time to give me her unfiltered thoughts on the state of Aggie football live on the field which she could have been hanging out with pretty much anyone else that was probably my favorite uh, experience but every time I was on the field something weird happened so so you dropped a little sub did uh, that uh, connection last uh, still to this that, that uh, it's still going into her 
Uh, no, I don't think so. Um, I, I, if, I don't think I remember her Instagram handle, but I'm sure she's very happy in life. <laughs> I'm sure she's doing fine. Uh, but uh, she, she might be better off with, uh, with Luke. That was, so. uh, that, that was a few pounds ago, too, so I don't think I was as appealing then as I am now. <laughs> I went back and I looked uh, through my Snapchat memories the other day. December 22nd, for some reason, has always been one of the worst days in my life going through my Snapchat memories. There have been really bad oh, dates, God. really bad dates, you know, having to work Christmas for the last five years or so. Just like all my, my Snapchat memories are super depressing. So... Um, I don't know how we got on that subject, but <laughs> moving on, <laughs> moving on. Uh, one interesting nugget before we dive into too much shop is uh, your claim to fame is that you taught Dickie V how to do Zoom. <laughs> Tell us this. How did this come about? Well, that's my claim to fame. That's uh, quite a fulfilling life, right? Um, you can retire right now. Yeah, this was in May. Um, the late, great uh, Eddie Sutton had just died, um, and I was reaching out to people that ha had either battled with him on the court or were friends with him and the family and was talking to the likes of uh, Kelvin Sampson and several others and I knew that uh, Dickie V had put out a tribute on social media because he had been friends with Eddie way back in the 70s when uh, Dickie V was the coach at Detroit, now Detroit Mercy, and uh, he would do coaching clinics uh, with Eddie Sutton when Eddie was the coach at Creighton and so I basically slid into Dickie's DMs on Facebook, his professional page, and I said, hey, I'm just this local reporter in Tulsa trying to find any connection to Eddie Sutton. Would you be able to talk for just two or three minutes about what he meant to you and some great stories that you all shared back in the day? And I did not, for the life of me, anticipate anything. Like, when you go into someone's DMs on Facebook or Twitter, like, as a journalist, that's your last resort. Like, usually you're able to find another way. You know someone or you go through the team but uh he responded and he said yeah just hit me up at this time here's my number like let's talk about it and i was like wow crazy um wanted to get him on camera obviously so i said hey like if you're used to zoom can we do zoom you know on the phone and he's like yeah i've heard of it but don't really know what we're doing here and so i sent him the link just you know, zoom for some reason like the malware aspect of zoom just opens up the camera on your phone and so he was out i think in bradenton florida is where he is and nice little property he has he was doing some hits for espn at the time too but he was just staring down into his phone and i was like yeah man we're recording we're ready to go and we had a really nice conversation and by the end of it he was like you know, you know this is uh this is pretty easy i've never had someone you know asked to do zoom on a phone before but this is actually pretty easy. you just open up you click the link and it's right there <laughs> and I, I was like yeah yeah it's pretty great right so um i mean he's an absolute legend uh, still doing what he's doing and, and the longevity of his career as well uh dick vitale is uh one of my favorites and i'm very happy to to have known him and uh you know hopefully we collab in the future maybe we get him on this podcast maybe so maybe we get a game of you and Dickie V on the call someday, some sorts. I'd be down to see that. Someone would have to take a risk on my play-by-play -play chops. Um, it's pretty rusty. Been a couple of years, but um, I'd be down. Okay. Well, uh, we'll keep that in mind. Uh, but uh, I, I like that. You taught Dickie V how to do Zoom, and his life's been changed ever since. I'm sure that he's done some more Zooms since then. Uh, probably so. Um, I was watching him do the uh, Kansas-West Virginia game the other night, and it seemed like everything was – an infomercial for his books or whatever he was advertising, but uh, he seems like a pretty kind man. He is exactly how he presents himself on air. And that's what 
has endeared him to audiences and uh, has kept him in the business for so long is if you're unapologetically yourself. I mean, look at what uh, Aqib Talib has done uh, for the NFL the last couple of weeks. He's oh, just, he's been fantastic. He's, he's gone on there and been himself. Uh, and that's what Tony Romo did a couple of years as well. And that's, I mean, made him the highest paid commentator in the league. Yeah, he, ma- he makes a few more dollars than us. <laughs> oh, Luke, uh, let's start with those uh, Sooners. They uh, win the Big 12 title, headed to uh, Dallas to play in the uh, Cotton Bowl. Really strong finish to the uh, season for OU there. Yeah, it's uh, seven games in a row now, or eight games, I think. They've uh, they've been running on all cylinders. Uh, you know, they were down in the hole early. Uh, first two conference games they lost, and I think a combination of it is getting Ronnie Perkins back on the defensive line and Ramondre Stevenson being the primary back, and they really stuck it to Iowa State. The defense was firing. Uh, the takeaways have been sensational, and now they get to prove themselves against uh, a top-tier SEC team in Florida. Yeah, and uh, watching this Oklahoma team the last couple of weeks, it's very clear they're a much different team than they were at the beginning of the season. Personally, I look at it, and you know, I think Alabama and Clemson are on their own level, but I've seen no reason, Luke, from this Oklahoma team to think that why they can't compete with Ohio State or Notre Dame being that echelon that where they're at now compared to what they were early in the season. Yeah, I mean, they've won the league the last several years, and so it's – it's a sure thing that they're clear-cut above the rest of the teams in the Big 12. Uh, I think right now Vegas would agree with you, too, has them as three-point dogs to Florida. <sighs> it's interesting. Did you hear what James Houston from Florida said the other day? I did not. What did he say? He said, you know, th- this would be a great game for the Gators to put on film and, you know, proven that OU's a good matchup, but, you know, they're not SEC caliber. They're Ooh. not the Florida Gators. Yeah, it, it riled up a few people on social media. I don't know if this game will be as close as the odds makers would have you believe. Uh, James Hale does radio in Oklahoma City. He, he quoted uh, Houston's uh, comment and he said the thing about this is is that there's no evidence to the contrary. Like You can't really prove James Houston wrong because OU's played Alabama, Georgia in the last couple of years, top tier SEC teams and Defense really hasn't been there for the Sooners. They haven't quite put it together against a top-tier SEC team. I think today, Bama, Georgia, Florida, probably, I think, a cut above the Sooners in terms of tier. That's my opinion. I don't know if they can hang with Kyle Trask and that passing game. I, I want to be wrong. I want to see a close game. But I think three points might be a little bit too thin of a margin there. I think it might be a touchdown. Okay. Um, that's interesting. And, uh, you know, the, the big talk about Oklahoma in this second half of the season has been how much their defense has improved. Getting Ronnie Perkins back was certainly big. Is it fool's gold or you're you buying what Oklahoma's selling? Is that a legit improvement from that OU defense in uh, 2020? I'm buying what they're selling. Uh, I mean, it's a third best rush defense in the country and granted it's the nine plus one schedule they've only gone against their league um but when you do it across the board against an iowa state and a baylor as well as some of the lower tier teams like kansas and texas tech um yeah i think the sample size is big enough to say that they have made strides in the run game and uh the secondary as well did pretty well um you saw dj graham in that baylor game make a great interception trey norwood's been on fire uh pat fields as well at safety doing a great job so i don't think that it's an aberration i just wonder if they're playing a bit out of their league come uh, next wednesday against florida i mean it's it's the 
nation's best passing attack. It's a Heisman-caliber quarterback. It's something they haven't seen so far this year. Luke, uh, you know, one of the things I look at with this Oklahoma team is that quarterback position was with Rattler. Started out of the year, pun intended, rattled, you know, of starts <laughs> with those first couple games against K-State and Iowa State. But since he got benched against Texas, this guy has been just phenomenal this year. If I'm just going to go say, ahead and say right now, get ready for this guy to be the number one pick in 2022. I mean, he eats, he's got it all. I, I'm, I'm impressed every time he takes the field. What, what have you? Uh, what's been your takeaways from uh, what Rattler's done here in his freshman season? I think it's the maturity and the poise. You're right. He did start off a little bit uh, helter-skelter when things didn't go his way originally in those first couple of games. Um, but the mentality and the composure has always been there. He's been very mature uh, for his age. And I think the pedigree that he came in with, his reputation, um, he is ready to play up to that potential. I'm really excited for him. Uh, I think he can uh, light it up next year. I'm looking forward to seeing the strides he makes. Uh, the Marvin Mims connection is there. Austin Stogner is one of his uh, best friends and teammates. He has the weapons. He'll have the protection. Uh, it'll be a great uh, situation for him. And one thought that I just haven't been able to get out of my head. Who's the real winner in these last couple of weeks? Rattler, yes, bursting on the stage. But how about Chandler Morris? Third string quarterback yeah. scores that touchdown on the opening drive of the Big 12 championship. You've got Rattler set to play out of his mind in 2021, and you're basically the heir apparent already. You've got those quality reps, and you're going to follow up someone who's who's going to have uh, a lot of success for the Sooners. And this year doesn't count towards eligibility, so it's not hurting Morris to be out there uh, as far as that goes. So, yeah, I mean, uh, got to be optimistic about uh, Morris's future, what he brings to the table uh, coming up in the uh, in the future there. You know, I, I look at this Oklahoma team, and it, it seems like the way that they finished this year, with the way that Rattler came along, um, watch out. There's no reason to think this team can't be a, a legit playoff threat next year. That, you know, getting you know, most everybody back another year uh, under the Alex Grinch system defensively. Um, you know, these last couple weeks uh, should be big for them to get ready for next season. And, and if you had to throw away in a year, any year to not make the playoff, this would be the one, I would think. That's a good point. Uh, if this counts as a rebuilding year for OU and you finish number six, seven in the country, um, it's a pretty good rebuilding year. I think, you know, OU hasn't really had a down year in a long time. Uh, if this has to happen every 15, 20 years, then you take a season like this, even if it is two losses and you miss out on a chance to play for the big natty. Um, I hope they get another couple of years under Grinch. He's really impressed me, and he's really gotten complete buy-in from the defense. They love him. He's uh, He is a bright mind. Uh, he definitely has head coaching in his future. Uh, that's been alluded to. Uh, I hope the Sooners get at least one or two more years with him uh, because they're building something really special uh, as for making that run um, that's what Lincoln Riley said the last couple of years right uh, 2019 and 2018 it was like yeah you think we're we're doing a good job right now just wait until we actually get good uh, when we recruit and develop to the actual OU standard and we have the depth necessary to compete for titles um, they've been on the fringe the last couple of years I know the Big 12 has gotten knocked just because the Sooners have gone against these larger-than-life Alabama teams or had to, you know, get 50 hung on them by Georgia and the Rose Bowl. But uh, look out. I, th I think the future is very bright, and they're, they're ready to, you know, prove their blue blood status once again on the national stage. Last thing I know you, Luke, uh, what's the excitement around here about having 
three starting quarterbacks in the National Football League right now, and all three playing at a high level. Yeah, you know, I uh, – you can't help but marvel at that, right? And just the, the different styles and demeanors that each of them have. You have – one of the best, probably the best athlete to play quarterback at OU and Kyler Murray, uh, 5'9", but still getting the job done for Arizona in that system. Jalen Hurts just exploding onto the scene in relief of Carson Wentz. I mean, he is the future. He's, he's different. He's got a little bit of Lamar in him, but again, incredibly mature, incredibly poised. He's uh, been an influence on Spencer Rattler in his career. They still keep up quite a bit. Um, he's fantastic, and he was a, a delight to cover for his one year in Norman. And then, of course, Baker Mayfield, uh, the fan favorite who people love. Um, surprisingly, his passer rating and his production through the roof. He's got all these weapons to work with in Cleveland, but ever since OBJ's been uh, on the injured reserve, he's... Baker's been making the right throws. He isn't like forcing the ball to right. Odell Beckham. It's been uh, it's been exciting to see, uh, and, and Cleveland especially that fan base. You talk about SEC fan bases going wild for football, and we have great fan bases here in Oklahoma too, right? But when you go to Cleveland Browns Twitter or Cleveland Cavs Twitter, it is a behemoth. You've got guys driving from Cleveland to Cincinnati in the middle of the night to thank the Bengals for beating the Steelers <laughs> on Monday Night Football. Like, it, it is uh, – it's just an incredible fan base as well. So they definitely deserve uh, the playoff berth that's coming, and Baker's just been doing great. Well, and the thing that impresses me about all three of them is, with their stories, is that they all have been a part of a turnaround of some sorts now. Um, you know, Jalen Hurts coming in for a Carson Wentz who was playing the worst football of his career. You know, Kyler Murray – being the number one pick there in Arizona, they were so bad and looking for an answer for for many years. I mean, they had some short-term solutions with, you know, Carson Palmer or even Kurt Warner was a short-term guy and such, but now they have their star quarterback for the future, Baker Mayfield. We, we know how bad Cleveland was looking for a quarterback for some time. It's amazing that these guys are having success, but also being those long-term solutions those franchises have been looking for for years. Yeah, and it comes down to leadership, right? Like, I think of the Browns because Jimmy Haslam, he's got BOT connections to the University of Tennessee where I was covering for, for, for three years down there in Knoxville. And they just never really had all the pieces together up in Cleveland. Um, Baker was a great pick and a talented player and definitely will play up to his potential there in the league. But you had him with Hugh Jackson and then you had some systems that didn't work. You could say the same thing too. I mean, who knows if Kyler with his ability and talent can overcome poor leadership, but you take a chance on, on a mind like Cliff Kingsbury and you give him license to create the team that he wants. They go out, they get DeAndre Hopkins, and, and they're now the most fun team to watch in the league. And, and Hertz, I think, is a guy who also is kind of – he just needed a chance, really, right? I remember Eagles fans were kind of disappointed that they took him in the second round, but I thought, wow, what a great insurance policy, right? Like, Carson Wentz has been hurt before, so – in a pinch, they've got a guy who could probably run his own team. I was hoping personally that Jalen would have gone to a team with an established veteran quarterback, but a team that was playoff bound, maybe like a Steelers or, hmm, I don't want to say Patriots because they're kind of in a down year now, but a team, a constant contender like a Packers or something that he could um, could thrive in and eventually take over the reins, but he didn't even need a full season. He didn't need a year of development. He was ready to go. Well, and uh, 
I thought that Jalen Hurts in the National Football League was going to be like a Carson, well, it's going to be like a Taysom Hill type of some sorts that he was going to play that role. But even then, going up head to head with Taysom Hill, he says, "I'm not you. I can do. I can play quarterback, you know, and do it at a high level." So I've been impressed on uh, that end. Uh, University of Tulsa had an incredible year this year. Um, you know, when I left here a couple of years ago, they were just entering the American, and the talk was like, "This might be too much for them. This just might be where they hit a wall of some sorts." And here they are, still finding a way, almost winning that American title with some big time wins this year, top twenty-five wins. What a year for uh, Philip Montgomery and uh, in Tulsa this year, twenty twenty. And I think it's a, a case study in. Progress doesn't always follow a straight line, right? It's not just this linear upwards curve where things get better incrementally each year. You got to take your lumps. I also think it's a testament to the university's loyalty and sticking with Montgomery and giving him a fair shake. Um, Tulsa is an underdog in this league, right? The smallest FBS enrollment. Um, don't blow up the recruiting scene. They're not bringing in five stars. They're not, you know, showing off these elaborate facilities. You know, when you go up against a Houston or a UCF or uh, a Cincinnati, for example, I mean, there is a big brother kind of aspect there. But I think it's a testament to the player development at Tulsa. they got some great veteran players. They've taken some chances on transfers like Zach Smith. Uh, Keelan Stokes has been a staple at receiver. He's great. The passing game really opened up this year. Juan Carlos Santana uh, and uh, Josh Johnson and several others. They've been doing a great job. Running backs have been good. Uh, the line is going to get better next year, the offensive line, I think. Um, yeah, it's uh, it was constantly like chiseling at marble and trying to see what sculpture was underneath, and I think they really found this year a, a really good uh, season uh, to be proud of, a finished product to really be proud of. Well, and they uh, they got something they're building for the future. There's, uh, there's reason to be optimistic, even after potentially – Montgomery may be gone, or Zach Smith, some of these other guys. Um, they got something that they can be optimistic towards the future of Tulsa football. This is the best stretch of football nationally for them since World War II. Yeah. Since December 45, they haven't been in the national rankings this long. I hope that the reputation for TU football is such that people want to take that chance they want to come over here to green country to east oklahoma and see what it's all about know that you're gonna get a fair shake at playing time Uh, again this isn't the the hot spot blue blood program and it's you know not the perennial powerhouse even from the conference but they can go toe to toe and they're building something really special it's uh it's awesome to see uh that that'd be the case uh for the uh, university of tulsa to be on track uh like they are and and uh, doing some uh, great things here in uh, 2020. Uh, meanwhile, Oklahoma State, up and down year uh, for Mike Gundy and company. I remember you and I talking before the season began, just all the chaos that was going on this off season. What's the feelings towards Mike Gundy and that Oklahoma State program right now? It depends on who you ask, right? <laughs> I mean, everyone, everyone has a different opinion on Mike Gundy, and we haven't seen him in person since March, right? I will say this. He's told me that he likes it when he feels his back is against the wall. And I think ever since June, July, that's been the case. Like, it's been a never-ending series of challenges and trials and some really low moments for that 
for Gundy and his family as well. Like it's been blow after blow and and some of it has been tragic and some of it has just been I don't know it's been it's been very unfortunate they came into this year with such high expectations and who would have thought that I mean Chuba Hubbard would have an ankle issue that would sideline him who would have thought that'd be down to third stringers on the offensive line uh some of it has been just happenstance of playing a football season in 2020 it's unfortunate that it ended this way They've got a chance to prove themselves against a really good Miami team down in the Cheez-It Bowl, which, fun fact, do you remember the original name for that bowl game in the 1990s? I do not, actually. What was it? It was the Blockbuster Bowl. How far we've come. Do you remember the Blockbuster video stores? Oh, yes, I uh, I do remember. As, as a kid growing up in Tulsa, we had a, um, you know, my, my first couple years of my childhood, we lived uh, on Delaware in South Tulsa, and there was a... Blockbuster video store less than a mile away, and every Friday night was a trip to the Blockbuster video store. Um, so I have a lot of good memories of a Blockbuster, but I got good memories eating. Uh, I've, I've eaten plenty of cheese hits in my life, too. All the uh, Blockbuster videos and Hollywood video stores in my hometown either turned into Goodwills or Bank of America's, I think. <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, but in, in terms of. About- I think the one in, in uh, by where I used to live is a Dollar Tree now. <laughs> I mean, what more could you ask for? The uh, In terms of Oklahoma State, interesting matchup against Miami. Derek King, great passer, dual threat quarterback. Uh, the indication I've gotten is that Tylen Wallace wants to play for the Cowboys for one more game. Uh, he's put a lot on film in four years and definitely is going to go high in the draft, but he wants one more go-around with his uh, with his teammates. Uh, I like the Cowboys in this one. Hopefully they can pull it out. Hopefully so. That'd be uh, good to see. And and uh, you mentioned Tylen Wallace, Chuba Hubbard. They got some legit NFL talent uh, that'll be uh, seeing their names called come uh, April, I would imagine, from uh, from the folks there. It's kind of the end of an era, I think. This was definitely the team. Amanog Bangbamiga, linebacker, probably goes to the draft. Rodarius Williams is going to the draft. Tevin Jenkins on the line is going to the draft. This was, and it's sad to say this, because this was probably one of the most complete teams they had. And 7-3 uh, didn't really make the cut. You wish you could do it all over again, but, you know, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> That's all I can say. I, I, I yeah. How's the uh, feelings towards uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder and the beginning of a new era of really bad basketball, uh, it seems? Uh, are are people mentally ready for this around here, If this how bad this rebuild's going to be? Well, you say bad basketball. That's what everyone was saying before the season last year. And then you see how that turned out. Um this year does have a little bit of a different feel to it just because we've been in this weird limbo of yeah. not being able to see the basketball played in person for about a year now. Um, I am optimistic. I, I, I don't know if the results show themselves this season, but it's going to be exciting. It, it's this interesting balancing act between getting the veterans like Al Horford and George Hill their reps and establishing their value and making them really appealing pieces on the trade market, which seems to be the intention, right? Then you've got such a young core emerging with Shea Gilgis-Alexander and Darius Baisley and Ty Jerome and all these guys that... Lou Dort. Lou, oh, Lou Dort especially, right? Here's the thing. you That starting five that Oklahoma City is going to have, with Shea and Lou and Horford and uh, Baisley and... Uh, probably, I don't know, Muscala, maybe a couple others. 
on any given night, and they can prove this, they proved it last year, like they can go toe-to-toe with decent teams in the league when everyone's on their game. The problem is when you're dealing with such young players, they're not always going to bring it every night. There's going to be some silly turnovers. There's going to be shots missed. You're seeing this in college basketball right now that some of these guys just cannot make a shot given the environment that they're in right now. It'll be the same thing with the NBA early on. Um, I'm excited to see. Uh, I, I, I'm not ruling out the Thunder. That's one thing you don't do. I mean, people were doing it at the same time last year. It was like sure. a 0.2% chance to make the playoffs, and you see what that leadership did. Uh, Al Horford is a, is a pro's pro. Everyone really likes him, and uh, Mark Dagnall, the head coach, thinks that, you know, consistent effort, and, and this team has a chance to really uh, click and have good chemistry, so I'm excited to watch him. SGA is kind of the new face of the franchise of sorts. They're, they're going to build this thing around him, it seems. Yeah, and what a great guy, too. Um, I've had the chance to talk to him a couple of times uh, pre-pandemic last year. Um, He's a fantastic guy, great effort. I think he's the only guy that the Thunder have in uh, ESPN's Top 100. Um, It'll be interesting to see him blossom. Uh, What a steal in that Paul George trade. I mean, we've yet to see how it all shakes out, but if he's the leader of this franchise, I think they're in good hands. I think so, too. Uh, And uh, a lot more draft picks coming in the uh, future, too. Interesting to see how that will all shake out. You know, that's another thing, too. Uh, they took Pokachevsky this year in the draft, and they've got him on the starting roster, I guess with the G League and international leagues kind of up in the air, uh, not really knowing how that's all going to shake out. Um, giving Poku some uh, some chances, too, see how that first-round draft pick uh, shakes out. So between him and Baisley, you're getting a front-row seat to kind of the, the baby steps, if you will, of, uh, of the next era of Oklahoma City Thunder basketball. Should be a lot of fun. Uh, Luke, a couple more things before we let you go. Uh, Anything else you want to tell the folks out there? Uh, you know, we're in, in the uh, holiday season, of, of course. Uh, any uh, any parting words of sorts before I let you go? Um, family is the number one thing. Uh, love them, connect with them, be nice to everyone, <laughs> wear a mask, and uh, be polite in public. That's all I got. It's nice. Where can people uh, follow you and see all your great work you're doing in t Uh At Twitter. Um, get all the latest and breaking stuff from me at Luke Slaybaugh, L-U-K-E-S-L-A-B-A-U-G-H. Uh, Facebook is Fox 23, Luke Slaybaugh. Could always use some more uh, interactions for, uh, for the for the corporate uh, algorithm. That'll be great. And... Don't just like to post, comment, and interact. You know, yeah, you comment want. and interact. Uh, eh, just DM me some stuff too on Facebook. That's fine too. <laughs> get that interaction rate up. And... Uh, I haven't posted on Instagram in a long time, so I'll just leave it at that. Okay. All right. You have it. Uh, that is uh, the, the one and only Luke Slayball joining us here on the uh, Jones Report this week. Luke, thanks for stopping by. Welcome back anytime, man. Thank you, man. Uh, again, I love having this on here, and um, congrats on Omaha, man. That's exciting. I'm excited for you. I'm excited. It should be fun. Uh, going to be a crazy couple weeks. I'm moving on New Year's Eve and start the new job January 4th. So I love that for you, man. Congratulations, and look forward to seeing your work, too. Time for this week's edition of the O'Connor Advisory Group Pigskin Pick'em, where we pick 10 games against the spread, five college, five NFL. And Brian O'Connor from O'Connor Advisory Group joins me right now. Bo, what's uh, going on? Merry Christmas to you, my friend. Hope you and the family are doing well. Hey, Merry Christmas to you, all the listeners, everybody who's downloading the pod. Hey, thank you for a great year at O'Connor Advisory group uh we've we've actually uh this time of year is usually very small we've stayed busy we really appreciate we appreciate everything going on and 
this time of year, it's a, it's a time to think about where we are and where we're going. We want to be your partner moving forward. Uh, if you've got an opportunity, we're going to have something really exciting coming. Uh, starting after the first of the year on Tuesday nights, we're going to do a live Zoom call uh, that I'm going to be hosting myself. And I'm going to be talking to those younger people. Uh, you know, January comes around and everyone talks about it. it's the new year, new me. And part of that is getting your money right. We want to help you be your partner and get your money right. So we're going to do these free calls on Tuesday nights. We're going to talk about things like budgets, insurance, um, you know, just. Educational piece. You can check out all the information on our Facebook page at O'Connor Advisory Group on Facebook. Uh, you can always check us out at O'ConnorAdvisoryGroup.com, but all the links for all the Zoom stuff will be on our Facebook page. That's awesome. Uh, great stuff there, Bo, and certainly want to check that out uh, if you get the chance uh, to do so. Uh, O'Connor Advisory Group, Brian O'Connor, tell them that we sent you. You'll be glad you did, and I definitely want to check out uh, O'Connor Advisory Group, uh, OAG. Uh, KS.com is the website or O'Connor Advisory Group.com. Also by phone at 785-856-0720. That's 785-856-0720 to schedule an appointment today. Well, let's go ahead and uh, get started. Here's uh, where we're looking at standings-wise. Uh, Thomas Bridges is in the lead. He is uh, currently right now at 84 61 and five on the year. Pretty good. He's uh, 23 games above 500. I'm just one game back at 83, 62 and five on the year. Bo, right now, uh, you're a little bit behind us, but not too far back as uh, your record right now currently stands at uh, 78, 67 and five on the year. And then uh, TJ Reeves, uh, TJ continuing to struggle. He's at 61, 84 and five on the year is uh, the standings there. And uh, last week I went seven, three and, or uh, six, three and one Tom, he went uh, seven, two and one. And then Bo, you went five, four and one. The uh, push being that chiefs game uh, where uh, the chiefs were favored by three and won by exactly three points. So we'll go ahead and uh, look at the slate this week in college. It's the Cotton Bowl between number seven, Florida, and number six, Oklahoma. That game in Arlington, Florida, a three-point favorite. The Cheez-It Bowl, number 21, Oklahoma State taking on number 18, Miami. That game in Orlando, Oklahoma State, a two-point favorite. The Cure Bowl, Liberty takes on number 12, Coastal Carolina. That game also in Orlando, Coastal Carolina, a seven-and-a-half-point favorite. The Alamo Bowl, number 20, Texas, takes on Colorado. That game in San Antonio, the Longhorns a nine-and-a-half-point favorite, and the Mayo Bowl, the bowl game that everybody wants to go to. Wake Forest taking on Wisconsin and Charlotte. The Badgers, a seven-point seven favorite. In the National Football League, really good game on Sunday night football between the Titans and the Packers. The Packers, a three-and-a-half-point favorite. The Rams taking on the Seahawks. Seattle, a one-point favorite at home. The Colts taking on the Steelers. The Steelers have lost three straight, looking for better luck as uh, they host the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts are one-and-a-half-point favorite on the road. Dolphins taking on the Raiders. Uh, the Raiders 
are a three-point underdog to Miami at home. And the Vikings take it on the Saints. That game on Christmas Day in New Orleans, the Saints are a seven-point favorite. So let's go ahead and uh, get started in college football. Let's start out with the Cotton Bowl between Florida and Oklahoma. Florida, a three-point favorite. Bowl, the way I look at this game, um, it's it's opposite what we're used to talking about in these Big 12 SEC matchups here. Oklahoma has the better defense. Florida has the better offense here. Um, I like Oklahoma to win this game, and so I have them uh, not obviously covering as an underdog here. I don't even need the three points. I like Oklahoma to take care of business. Florida is a flawed football team. They really got exposed against LSU a couple weeks ago. I know they went toe-to-toe with Alabama, but um, I like Oklahoma to take care of business. Who do you like in this matchup between Florida and Oklahoma here? So this is a tough game for me here. I think I've seen Florida quite a bit, and I've seen them play spectacular games against Georgia. I saw them play uh, a really subpar game against Alabama. Last week is Alabama. They put up a bunch of points. Kyle Trask is a great quarterback. Uh, he's no Joe Burrow, but he's a great quarterback. And uh, But I really like what Oklahoma's doing. Oklahoma, these past few weeks, they seem to be trending better each and every week. Bowl games are so difficult to call, and usually these teams have two or three weeks to prepare for these games. With this year, we don't have as many days to get ready. So really, it's going to be the experienced teams that play better. And I'm going to go with Oklahoma here as well. I like the fact they're trending upwards overall. I think they know who they are. And I think Florida is trying to find some identity right now on the defensive side of the ball. They're also going through a little bit of NCAA stuff with the coach right now. Uh, They just took a little bit of a a slap on the wrist there. And uh, I don't know how that's going to affect the staff. So I think they're looking at the recruiting piece to that. And so what other things? It takes you away from some of that game plan. I think that what we'll see is um, I want the team that's going to be trending upward here. I like Oklahoma. Like you, I like them to win the game as well. Yeah. Um, Well, in in this Oklahoma team, I think that, you know, one of the points I made earlier, Bo, was – this is a team that I think is right up there with Ohio State and Notre Dame. That's a legit playoff team that just happened to lose a couple games earlier in the season. I don't feel that same way about Florida here. I think Oklahoma is going to be a force to be reckoned with next season. I like them essentially starting off their 2021 campaign with a win on a neutral side against this Florida team. Give me the Sooners as a three-point underdog. Uh, number 21, Oklahoma State taking on number 18, Miami. This game in Orlando, the Cheez-It Bowl. Uh, Oklahoma State, a two-point favorite here. Bo, I got to go with Miami in this one. Uh, I know both these teams haven't looked great the last couple weeks, but Derek King, his last hoorah of sorts here. OSU, um, it's just been really bad for them uh, from that Oklahoma game on. Um, They're not going to have Chuba Hubbard again. Um, you know, I, I know that they looked good against Baylor a couple weeks ago, but then you, you look bad against TCU and bad against Oklahoma. Too much inconsistencies here. I don't feel confident in this, but I'll go with Miami as a two-point underdog. Who do you got in this one? Okay, so I've been kind of going back and forth on this. I like the flip side of this one. 
Uh, Miami has really let me down these last few weeks. I was riding the train with them. I thought they were a better team than they are. I do like Oklahoma State. I think this is a really close game as well. These bowl games are really going to be tough to call. But I'm going to take the Cowboys, and I'm going to lay the two. All right. Uh, the Cure Bowl. Uh, most folks probably didn't even know that was a bowl game. Uh, Liberty taking on Coastal Carolina. This was supposed to be a regular season game just a couple of weeks ago, but uh, get canceled due to COVID with uh, issues among Liberty's program. And uh, Liberty's head coach, uh, Hugh Free, probably going to get hired, uh, you would imagine, sometime in the next few days for a big-time job of some sort. His, his name's popped up all over the place. Coastal Carolina, seven-and-a-half-point favorite this game in New Orleans. Bo, uh, do you think Coastal can complete the perfect season here? Do you think they win and cover seven-and-a-half? Oh, I do like Coastal here. Um, I I was looking, and I did see that there was something going on with Coastal and possibly a COVID issue with Coastal. I don't know what that was. Um, I just saw a blurb about that a couple days ago, and I'm going off top of memory on this, so please forgive me if I'm wrong. Um, I do like Coastal here. Um, I think that you, you're spot on with the Hugh Freeze issue, that Hugh Freeze is looking for another gig. I know he got an extension at, at Liberty. He can easily get out of there. I think he's used that job to rehab himself, and he's going to be on to the next big thing he can get to. Um, I like what Coastal's doing, and I've watched a couple of Coastal games. That's a good football team. I mean, they're not they're not Alabama or uh, name, but they're a really good team. I do like them to finish this. I kind of liken them to that mid – as you call it, college basketball, the mid-major that, you know, does run the table. Uh, they'll print up some cool-looking T-shirts that are undefeated. They're their own national champs. Um, I think Colts going to get that done. They're going to win the game. Uh, I'm a little worried about the hook on the seven-and-a-half, but uh, give me Coastal here. I like what Coastal's doing. Coastal's a physical football team. That's what I love about these guys is uh, that they win at the line of scrimmage. Seven-and-a-half. Give me Coastal to win and cover and uh, win that national championship. <laughs> the Alamo Bowl, number 20, Texas taking on Colorado. That game in San Antonio. The Longhorns, a nine-and-a-half-point favorite. Bo, uh, to me, I look at this one too many points. Who on earth is is uh, Texas beating – they're not beating anybody by nine-and-a-half. I know that they had that 60-plus performance against uh, K-State to end the year, but K-State wasn't worth anything. Texas wins, but nine and a half, too many points here. Give me uh, Colorado to a cover, but Texas to a win here. Who you got in this one? I will have to admit, I don't know much about Colorado. That's what scares me in this. Your thinking and your thought process on Texas makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, I just don't know enough about Colorado. Um, Having said that, Texas needs a big win. They've got a, you know, a coaching scare, if you will, with what's going to happen there. Uh, that guy, uh, Tom Herman's over there thinking like uh, a Governor Lepetamine and Blazing Saddles right now. We've got to protect our phony baloney jobs. And I think that uh, he needs a big win. He needs a big-time win. I'm going to go ahead and go on a limb here. Again, a lot of this is because I'm going to plead ignorance on Colorado and take Texas and – really it being the needing to make a statement. Okay. All right. 
last college game, the uh, the Duke's Mayo Bowl. Uh, that just sounds exciting. Um, this game in Charlotte, Wake Forest and uh, Wisconsin is the matchup. Wisconsin opened up the year with Graham Mertz, the uh, the Blue Valley uh, native, uh, just looking on fire. And then they really hit a wall uh, once uh, once he and a lot of their guys came back from COVID of sorts. And a Wake Forest, decent year for them in the ACC. Wisconsin, a seven-point favorite. Bo, who you got in this one? Okay, so, by the way, I don't eat a lot of mayo, but I do like Duke's mayo. That's something I will <laughs> use. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a big mayo guy. I think I've even seen it in the stores, to be honest with you. It, it, Southern thing. It's a Southern thing. Um, so anyway, um, I am, I think this is two teams that are on two different levels. Um, Wisconsin has not played well at all as to who they should be all season. Uh, you know, and I think that that's something that's, they've had a very disappointing season. Wake is just one of those teams that we don't really know anything about. I mean, they're someone who's had a pretty good season in the ACC, but Really, when you get past the top three teams in the ACC, Clemson, North Carolina, and Miami, who the hell are the rest of those teams? They are all the same. Um, I'm going to go with Wisconsin. I think you'll see um, a big game from uh, Graham Hertz, and I like what they're doing. It's kind of a pre, like you mentioned earlier, kind of a pre-2021. What I would compare that to is – uh, a couple of years ago, Joe Burrow had his coming out party in the Fiesta Bowl against um, against UCF yeah. that year. Yeah. I kind of see the same thing happening here. Okay. Yeah, I, I think uh, I'm with you there. Uh, we, so we both like uh, Wisconsin to uh, cover uh, on that front there. Let's move on to the National Football League. The Titans taking on the Packers. Bo, this is a heck of a football game here. Two playoff teams. The Packers still fighting for home field advantage in the NFC. They don't have that locked up just yet. Uh, the Titans, meanwhile, uh, they they won't get home field in the AFC, but they're still fighting for that division with the Colts, uh, who have the same number of losses here at this point. Both these teams will be in the postseason when it's all said and done, just a matter of where they're at in seating. Matt LaFleur, the uh, Packers coach, taking on his former team where he was offensive coordinator at before taking the Packer job. The game in Green Bay, Green Bay, a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Bo, uh, excellent football game here. I could see this going either way. This is a tough pick for me. Who you got? Okay, so I think these are two really good teams. I think that I think the Packers are the best team in the NFC. Um, and you got Rodgers. It's hard to bet against Aaron Rodgers. It's hard to bet against him at home. But Titans are the team that I think in the AFC, uh, and I'm going to get hell for this, is the most likely candidate to upset the Chiefs. Um, I'm not saying they'll do that. What I'm saying is the style they play, they're the most likely team to beat the Chiefs in the playoffs. I think that Aaron Rodgers is the difference in this game. Um, What scares me on this, same as we had a little bit earlier, is the hook three and a half. Um, this is going to be a close game, most likely. I'm going to take the Packers begrudgingly. Um, I will be rooting for the Titans in this game as a Saints fan, and um, I, I want to see the, the Titans do that pull this off. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how the Titans play 
at Green Bay, knowing they're a dog, it'll be the interesting part to me will be can the Titans control the game with the run game and the um, and the clock on the defensive side? If the Titans are going to look at this as the Chiefs' light, the Packers kind of being you know the light beer version of the Chiefs. Um, I think you'll see a lot of how the Titans want to look at a possible playoff matchup with the Chiefs and how they play against the Packers. So uh, I'm going to go with the Packers, but I'm not real confident. You you called them the light beer version of the uh, the Chiefs. Uh, I think the Packers are going to find the sure sign of a good time on uh, on Sunday night uh, in this game. I think it's a heck of a matchup, but. Rodgers at home, three and a half. I think this is about a four, five-point win, which is right in that margin. Going to be a heck of a football game, but I like the Packers to win this one uh, slightly. Um, you know, I'll, I'll take them to, to, to uh, cover that uh, three-and-a-half-point margin. The Rams taking on the Seahawks. Rams coming off that disappointing loss to the Jets, one of the, the, the biggest upsets of the year in the NFL Seattle not playing too hot themselves. Uh, they didn't look too impressive last week beating Washington, but they did win nonetheless. The game is in Seattle. Seattle's favored by one. Bo, I like the Rams to bounce back here. I, I, I don't think that Sean McVay is uh, going to let that one slide of what happened last week. I would imagine this was a brutal week of practice there in L.A. I think the Rams uh, win and a uh, cover as a one-point underdog here. I like the Rams to take care of business there in Seattle in this one. Who you got here? Well, taking the Rams means you really like them outright because they've got to basically win the game to win it. Um, I do think I, – I agree with you. Normally, this game being in Seattle would tip me way over to Seattle's side on this. Frankly, that spread would be higher in a normal non-COVID kind of year because of the 12th man. Um the Rams played horrible last week, and it's easy for us to just say, oh, well, we just they look like last week, or they're going to play like this week. Um, I would imagine that Aaron Donald pretty much had it with some, some things in, that, in, a, in the defensive uh, uh, rooms, and I would expect for the Rams to come out like their hair is on fire defensively. Um, I think there's going to get a lot of pressure on Russell Wilson and I think the Rams are going to win this game. All right. So we both like the Rams here. Uh, the Colts taking on the Steelers. The Colts are a one-and-a-half-point favorite. This game in Pittsburgh. Oh, Steelers have lost three straight. Do they lose four? Um, I hate to say it. You know, I'm a Big Ben guy. I like what this Steelers team was doing this year, but – the Colts are just playing a lot better football than Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is a hot mess right now. I can't believe I'm doing this, but, Bo, I got to go with the hot hand. Give me Indy at one and a half to win and cover right now. Pittsburgh's got a lot of problems, um, and it's not just Big Ben either. They really look uh, just blind out there defensively without Bud Dupree and some of those guys they're missing right now. The Steelers aren't the team they were even a couple weeks ago. Give me Indy in the points at one and a half. Who you got here? Yeah. So you mentioned Bud Dupree, and I was just thinking the Pro Bowl came out this week. How he didn't make the Pro Bowl, I don't understand. He was one of the two uh, big-time uh, uh, head-scratchers for me on that. Um, hey, I, this is two teams that are trending opposite ways. 
Well, the Colts have really looked great the last three weeks. I have been someone who has not been on their bandwagon. The Steelers have looked dreadful, and they look like they're getting worse. Um, but you don't want to overreact to a big loss. But again, it's the trends both ways that makes me want to pick the Colts. However, I'm going to take the Steelers knowing that, hey, they've got to right the ship. They're at home. We'll see what happens. I'm going to take the Steelers uh, to buck the trend for them, but uh, I'm not confident here at all. I realize I'm picking against two trends. Right. Not one, but two. The uh, Dolphins taking on the Raiders. The Dolphins are a three-point favorite. Now, this day is an interesting one for Bo and I because, uh, you know, we're, we're not fans of either one of these teams, but uh, you know, a few weeks back, uh, I said the Dolphins were better than the Raiders, and Bo told me I was wrong, that the Raiders were the better team. Then, you know, a few weeks follow that, the Dolphins go on a good run, the Raiders start to really struggle, and then I kind of taunted Bo a bit. I said, see, I told you the Dolphins were better. Now it's put up or shut up time. The game's in Vegas. Dolphins are favored by three here. Bo, are you still riding the Raiders' wave here? They really need this one to make the postseason. What say you with the Dolphins' favorite at three? So um, you are spot on, man. But this is the one we've been I've been dreading this now. The time I think about it, because for all season we've been fighting back and forth, back and forth, and I have been adamant the Raiders are better than the the Dolphins. Man, the Dolphins look good last couple of weeks. They're trending upward. <laughs> Um, and the Raiders are trending downward. I just, man, I think the three is the issue here. If this were even money, I'd probably pick the Dolphins. But I'm going to go ahead and take the Raiders plus the three. Um, I do have a question. Is there an issue with Derek Carr? I've not looked. Is he playing? Or will it be Marcus Mariota? Uh, it sounds like Derek Carr is going to be able to go. Okay, I'm picking the Dolphins. <laughs> yeah, I'm picking the Dolphins. Now, if it was Marcus Mariota, I would take the Raiders. But I'm sick of Derek Carr. He is the reason that that team's not better than the Dolphins now. Uh, really, he's the reason that offense can't go at times. He's not a good quarterback. I will bet a lot of money that he is not the quarterback for the Raiders next season. He was um, a, uh, Derek Carr was a full participant in practice on Wednesday, and so he is trending okay. that direction of being able yeah. to give it a go come Sunday. Derek, if Derek Carr is the starting quarterback, <laughs> I will not this game. So I will go ahead and take the Dolphins, and I am surely going, purely going, one reason, and that is Derek Carr. I, he is on the list for me. He can go wherever he wants to go. As long as it's not near any team or coach that I like. So that's that's your way of admitting, admitting that you were wrong about the Dolphins and the Raiders. I'll take it. Um, but nonetheless, <laughs> the Dolphins are playing a lot better. Everything you said was right there. Um, but uh, I don't think we can't mention enough about the defense, the job that Brian Flores has done with that group. Um, they're legit, and they've shown it. They've passed every test that they've – uh, that's been presented to them so far this year. Even going up against the Chiefs, they put up a heck of a fight, picking off Patrick Holmes three times. 
Give me the Dolphins to a win and cover that three-point march. Last game, Vikings and the Saints on Christmas Day. Saints are a seven-point favorite. Bo, you and the fam going to be enjoying watching uh, your Saints on uh, Christmas Day here. Yeah, get up early, unwrap the presents early, because the best present for Daddy is the Saints are playing on Christmas Day. Now, everybody knows I'm a big Saints fan. I'm part of the Houdat Nation. Been, been a Saints fan since we wore paper bags on our heads, and we were the Aints. Uh, this is personal. This is personal because the Vikings, and the Vikings have eliminated us twice in the last three years in the playoffs. And uh, what's funny about this also, shout out to my main man, Barry Kingery, one of my best friends, huge Minnesota Vikings fan. Uh, my man, he and I went to the Vikings-Saints Monday night game up in Minnesota a couple seasons ago. Uh, and we will surely be texting back and forth throughout the game talking trash. Uh, even Christmas is not going to stop the trash talk. I, I'm i here for it. Now, let's get to the game piece. Breeze is back. Breeze is, uh, Breeze is washed as far as his arm strength. We saw it again this past week. But what we did see is the Saints offense, they run the football a hell of a lot better with Drew Brees, the quarterback, able to hand the ball to Alvin Kamara than they are with Taysom Hill, the quarterback. That experiment should be over for good. What scares me as a Saints fan is no Michael Thomas. Uh, Thomas will be out to the playoffs. Uh, What's we saw last week was a ragtag group of receivers and Drew Brees was doing everything he could to try to complete anything to these guys. Uh, I expect a big game from Alvin Kamara. Watch Jared Cook at tight end. He's going to have a big game. I like the Saints. I like him to cover. Kirk Cousins is going to get beat like he stole money because every time Kirk Cousins plays football, and he gets a paycheck. What's he doing? He's stealing money. Right. And Cam Jordan, in front four of the Viking of the Saints, is going to murder Kirk Cousins. I hope his life insurance is paid up <laughs> because it's going to be an ugly day for Kirk Cousins. Uh, Give me the Saints. They're going to cover. They might win this bigger. I love it. We're going to win revenge for the Houdat Nation. I like the Saints by about ten here. Uh, the Vikings are really bad. I'm not a fan of Mike Zimmer at all and the job that he's done there. Cousins, as you mentioned, stealing money. Uh, the Saints, I don't think that they're going to play much worse offensively than they did last week. For Drew Brees to have that many incompletions, that won't happen again. I agree with you. Brees has clearly lost a step, and he's not the quarterback that he once was. But he'll be he'll play better than what he did last week. Uh, that's for certain, where they still went toe-to-toe with the Chiefs. Seven points against a bad Minnesota team. Give me the Saints to a win and cover that seven-point margin. So there you have it. That is this week's edition of the O'Connor Advisory Group. Pigskin pick them. Follow along our picks all season long, as uh, next week we'll be picking college football playoff games and more. So uh, look forward to that. Bo, before we let you run, uh, tell us where people could find you uh, at O'Connor Advisory Group and uh, where they could get more information. Hey, check us out, O'ConnorAdvisorGroup.com. The easy way to get there is O-A-G-K-S.com. Check out our Facebook page, 
like I said, we'll have that link up probably middle of the week next week or early in the week, hopefully, for our very first Zoom meeting for after the new year. We're going to have some exciting stuff on there. Uh, if it's new me, new year, new me, we want to be a part of that. We want to help you. And uh, let's help everybody get their money right in 2021. Come talk to us at O'Connor Advisory Group. There you have it. Brian O'Connor of O'Connor Advisory Group joining us. Bo, hope you and uh, and Peyton and Jen have a great Christmas, and we'll be talking to you next week. Thanks for joining us, man. Hey, hey thank you, Tyler. Hey, congrats to you, and uh, thank you so much for having me on this season. I've had a blast doing this segment with you. Uh, wish Thomas was on here to wish him uh, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. But, uh, hey, big things coming from my man, my man Tyler Jones, and uh, couldn't be happier for you. And then uh, hey, we're getting through the holidays. We're here. We're at the holidays. Merry Christmas to you, your family. Safe. I hope everybody's safe and well. And all everybody listening, have a great, great Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. There you have it. That is this week's edition of the O'Connor Advisory Group. Pigskin Pick'em, Tyler Jones, Thomas Bridges, back here with you now. A few more things before we get out of here. Let's go ahead and uh, talk college football playoff. Now we now know the four teams that'll be in the college football playoff and where they will be playing in Arlington at the Rose Bowl, which it's still going to be called, I guess, uh, whatever it may be, the college football playoff semifinal presented by Capital One. Uh, that will take place uh, on New Year's Day with number one Alabama taking on number four Notre Dame. And uh, Alabama is uh, going to be a heavy favorite they're going to allow about 18,000 fans at AT&T Stadium there. And then the second game is going to be number two, Clemson, taking on number three, Ohio State, in New Orleans at the Sugar Bowl. And they're going to allow about 3,000 fans there. And, Tom, we have said for weeks on this show that it was clear as day that Alabama was the superior team in college football, that they were on a level of their own right now. And – Based on what we saw from Clemson in that ACC title game last week, I think they showed, hey, we're another level above everyone else too, um, that they've hit their stride, that Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne, Justin Ross, you know, all those guys are now playing at the level that we expect to see them play come the month of December as they get ready for playoff time. Those two teams on another pedestal. Ohio State is a very flawed team. Justin Fields is no Trevor Lawrence. It's not even close between those two. Um, and they don't, you know, Notre Dame, they've had a good year, don't get me wrong, but I've been saying for a long time that Notre Dame was a fraud, that they it was only a matter of time before they'd get exposed. And they got exposed in that ACC title game. Uh, Ian Book is not that great of a quarterback. He's a glorified game manager. Um, you know, that defense really – could not handle Clemson. I think that we're setting out for, and and I know that we're going to pick these games, I think, on next week's show. So I'm not trying to spoil too much here. But this has the makings of both games, I think, being blowouts. I think Alabama, there's no reason to think that Alabama and Clemson should not be able to take care of business and get to what would be Alabama-Clemson part four, I think. Um, but the way they've played the last – you know, five, six years now, it's no surprise that those two teams are again on top of the college football world 
They have separated themselves, I think, at this point going into the playoffs. I don't expect these playoff games to be that exciting. I think both these teams are going to win these games handily here. Yeah, I think so, too. I'm more interested what is going to be the line on the Alabama-Notre Dame game. Uh, Alabama is, is plus eight, 21. Alabama's a 20-and-a-half-point favorite. Yeah, that's probably about as high as it'll go. I could – you know – I don't know. The line's obviously going to change a little bit. But right now, just the way they've been playing, I would be – Notre Dame, if they were to win that game, would shock the world. Right. That would be the biggest upset I could remember in a long time. Man, Titeo would get another girlfriend. Yeah, he would, he would maybe have seven at that point. <laughs> and they might actually be real this time. Um, right. If Notre Dame were to win that game. But um, I think that one of the things that we're seeing, Tom, you know, the, the old theory is that, you know, cream rises to the top. And once Clemson got their guys back from COVID or Alabama, the team that they've been all season long, this is just what they're built for. When the way that we have set up this system of the playoff, it was only a matter of time that – these same teams would dominate each year. The, the results would then reflect in the recruiting that the best talent would continue to go to Alabama and Clemson. Um, you know, we got two powerhouse programs. It, it uh, What concerns me about for the future of college football is I almost feel like if this trend continues, that it sounds similar to – when women's college basketball had UConn and Tennessee dominating for years between Gino Ariema and, uh, and Pat Summit, we're, we're almost to that point with Alabama and Clemson with how much they've separated themselves. Kind of scary for the rest of college football. Yeah, it does there. I mean, there's not really a whole lot of parity in college football today. Um, similar to what was the Western conference a few years ago in the NBA, just, it was absolutely ridiculous, and it's probably even more so ridiculous than what the Western Conference and the NBA ever was uh, at this point, just with the domination that's been taking place. Uh, I mean, yeah, sure, we root for our teams to win. We At this point, we root for our teams to just have a chance to have the honor to get the ass beaten from one of those teams. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that, that's the case. That's our championship. Is it just getting to the playoff to go get smacked around by Alabama or Clemson? Um, is uh, is the prize we're all playing for at this point? But yeah, you're you're absolutely right about that. And uh, you know the, these other two teams, you know Ohio State. Um, you know, I, I could look at Tom. I, I think that when you want to talk about tiers in college football, I think that Oklahoma, Florida. Iowa State, I think they could beat Ohio State or Notre Dame on any given day. I, I would put those teams up there. Um, to me, you know, this whole thing, we, we've seen this where the name brands are getting all the attention, getting the playoff spots and all that. Um, Ohio State and Notre Dame are, are about to get smacked here. Pretty, you know, we, we've established that. Cincinnati, Coastal Carolina, these teams that were on the outside looking in, heck, even Texas A&M, you could say. Why not give those guys a shot? If you're going to lose anyway to Alabama or Clemson, 
why are we not opening up the table for those? We're so focused on TV ratings and these name brands of sorts. You know, Cincinnati and Coastal have these historic years that they've never had before, and they still can't make it in. If these guys can't get in now, how can they ever get in the playoff at this point? Right now, it'll it'll never happen. We talked about it before, like buddy Tim Brando said, that it's just become more exclusive than it ever has been. And then if you're not one of these top names, that you're not going to get in. Uh, you know, even even if Coastal or Cincy, you know, the likes of them didn't get in, let's just give at least Coastal something, you know, have Coastal go play Florida. Have Coastal go play A&M. Have Coastal go play, you know, somebody else that's a big-time team. Uh, you know, give Coastal a shot to make a, a stance the same way Boise made some noise when they beat OU. In the Fiesta Bowl, I mean, don't make them play Liberty. Sure, Liberty has done good this season, but, I mean, that line's already at, like, 10 points coastal. And I wouldn't be shocked if it's more than that. I'll give my pick away right then and there. Um, I mean, coastal should coastal is deserving, very deserving, so is Cincy, to play some team that, you know, before this year they would have got smoked by. I mean, Hell, give Coastal, you know, the next best team out of the playoff. Give them AM, give them Florida. Hell, give them OU. Let's uh you know, you, let's take that Cincinnati team, for example. Do you have any reason to think that a result of a Alabama Notre Dame matchup would be any different than an Alabama Cincinnati matchup? Maybe a touchdown. Maybe Alabama wins by a touchdown more than they would against Notre Dame, but I have not seen any reason to think that the outcome would be any different either way. Why not give a shot at that point? Yeah, especially in a year like this year. I mean, I think it's, you know, I think Cincinnati and Coastal, I think they deserve a shot. Uh, I mean, hell, put Cincinnati and Coastal together. I mean, make something more interesting. Right. Oh. You know, at, at that point, give them – I my thing is give them a shot at a blue blood. Let's yeah. see. Let's see where they stack. Um, Are you are you going to buy a bunch of Cheez-Its? Uh, th- this was all what everything was about was to get to the Cheez-It Bowl for OSU, right? No, no, it's not. I, I love Cheez-Its. Um, but really, I was hoping on the Texas Bowl or the Alamo Bowl so I could actually have a chance to go. Uh, I'm not driving or flying to Orlando. Definitely not a pandemic uh, to go see this OSU team lose. What kind of um, cheez do you like? I like the Parmesan Cheez-Its. I like them all, honestly. Yeah. I haven't had one that I don't like. I, I love Cheez-Its. I love cheese crackers. Speaking of that, have you ever had whales? It's like goldfish, but they're whales. Whales are yeah. as good as goldfish. Oh, I think they can even be sometimes better. I think they have a little bit more salt on them. We need, um, but yeah, we need the Wales bowl game. I would go, and I would. I, I, I'm serious. You can ask my mother. Uh, I can eat a whole box, no problem. I can knock it out through, you know, over the entirety of a football game. I can knock out a box of Wales, no problem. Uh, Probably know, one of my favorite snacks. I know you can't wait for the uh, Duke's Mayo Bowl. I don't even know who's playing in that. It's uh, Wake Forest in Wisconsin. That sounds like 
a mayo bowl. <laughs> that sounds disgusting. Oh my goodness. Mayonnaise is terrible. Dukes like is Dukes like Dukes baked beans? See, I don't know. I don't I've never even seen Dukes Mayo on the shelves in the stores. That's what I was thinking. When they said Dukes, I was like, okay, are they partnering up like the two widest things in America, baked beans and mayonnaise? In Wisconsin. And Wake Forest, right. Uh, maybe Wake Forest, not so much, but still. I mean, they have a a, uh, a guy, right, a white, old, white-haired guy driving around on a motorcycle as their mascot. So I was, I was really bummed that the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl got canceled. Yeah, that would have been interesting. Uh, turns out they're not great. <laughs> not great enough uh to have a bowl game uh this year no tony the tiger sun bowl um but the mayo bowl lives on we have to have our mayo uh to see another day it's just, just as disgusting as the belk bowl <laughs> you don't like belk i mean it's just way out there i'd rather i would rather play in the tj max or ross bowl <laughs> Than the Belk Bowl. Oh, <laughs> uh, what's one company you wish sponsored a bowl game? Uh, the Maker's Mark Bowl. <laughs> um, I would love to see the Barstool Bowl. I think that's not too far off, to be honest. Have Dave do the coin toss. Maybe PFT and Big Cat get to call the game. I I think he could, he would do it. Have you seen? Have you seen this? And I, and this is you know the the highest form of flattery is to be copied, um, or however that quote goes. Copying is the highest form of flattery. Imitation maybe is the word. I don't know. Yes. Bob Minery, Bob Minery has pretty much followed it up, and he is doing his own sports betting. And they're even putting together some, I don't know, something they said something about a football team. And um, Bob Minery, I can't of all people, Bob has been Minnery. hanging out with Johnny Manziel. I, I know you hate Bob Minery. Bob Minery's awful. Um, his shtick got old after five minutes. He doesn't do anything original. It's all the same thing. It is all the same. He did make it on Buffalo Wild Wings. Yeah, good and, for him. I won't He's be hanging going out with Johnny Manziel every night. I won't be going to doing Buffalo zappers. I won't you be going get to Bob Minery as long as uh, they give a paycheck to a Bob Minery. He was uh, he was going out with uh, Katie Kearney, the uh, that uh, that hot golf chick, and uh, and right. she dumped him. She uh, she put him by the wayside pretty quick. Yeah, he's getting zapped too often. You, you're telling me you wouldn't get zapped with Bob Minery? I'll pass. I will pass. You wouldn't. You wouldn't hit the zingers. I'm okay. I'm okay. <laughs> Less Bob Minerys in the world would be fine with me. Uh, as far you as wouldn't as have Bob on the show. Bob will never get invited on this show. What? Absolutely not. I think you. I think you ought to do it. I think you're scared he'd just roast you. I could not sit through five minutes of Bob Minery on this show. I'd have if to you did, uh, if you 
if you had, you know, if you talk to Ann Coulter, you should be able to talk to Bob. Tell you what, the next time I take a show off and uh, and you want to fill in for me, you could have Bob Mentory. That's the only way that we're going to have him on is if you fill in for me and bring him on. Would you listen to the show? I would try. I'd put in the effort anyway. All right, I'm going to reach out to him. Okay. All right, there you have it. Um, NBA season is officially underway. Tom, uh, what do you think about this uh, NBA campaign here? In, uh, in 2020 through 2021. My Thunder are going to be awful. I've already accepted that fact. That's going to be okay. Uh, but the Lakers seem to be the team to beat again after uh, winning that title last year. What uh, what do you make of this uh, this season? Yeah, the, probably the team to beat again. I've been seeing a lot of stuff on how good Anthony Davis is and how he's better than Tim Duncan. That's a blasphemy. That is it's been all over Twitter. And it's just incredible how people can be so prisoner of the moment. Um, that being said, yeah, Lakers probably got to be it again, unfortunately. I hate to say it. I really do. And LeBron James probably could be MVP. Um, but, you know, I. it is weird, though, because the season just obviously just ended and it doesn't seem – I don't even miss it, you know, and – as we were recording this show, the Thunder Rockets game got canceled because the Rockets didn't have enough players. Um, and I just wonder what a non-bubble NBA is going to look like this season um, as they tackle that and even allow fans in some teams. Um, it's going to be very interesting, Jones, to see how they go from bubble life back to normal. That will be a storyline all season long. Yeah. Um, why is uh, there'll be some other ones, but that'll probably James, be the most popular. Why is James Harden so fat now? Uh, he's been hanging out with Lou Williams at the Magic City, eating the Magic City wings, the lemon pepper. Man, he's been throwing him back. That guy's had the Chick Fil A. He's had the Water Burger. He's he's had it all. I mean, he wants out of Houston. I don't blame him. He probably wants to go to the Hawks so he can be closer to Magic City. Is he trying to eat his way out of Houston? Uh, it'd be like, uh, what's his name from Charles the? Parker. No, I'm thinking um, Packers running back. What was his name? Oh, uh, played for Lacey. Alabama. Eddie Lacey. Eddie Lacey. He is Eddie lacing his way out of Houston. Charles Barkley did that out of uh, Philly. Ate his way out of Philly. Yeah. To be fair, you could eat your way out of Philly. <laughs> right. Um, there's there's a lot of good food. I could. There's a lot of different places I could eat. I, I mean, I've already eaten my way out of, uh, you know, pro sports a long time ago. Um, but if I wanted to do it again, there's many places that I would pick that would not be Houston. Who's uh, who's the team to watch for in the uh, Eastern Conference? Last year it was so wild with the Heat winning the uh the east as what was it the five seed last year i mean that came out of left field uh you know the celtics went to the conference finals the bucks were the team everybody had their eyes out on but uh they ended up you know not even getting to the conference finals uh you know Giannis did sign an extension of sorts uh as well what's going on in the eastern conference seems like that's wide open again yeah, I mean, a lot of people are saying the Nets. I'm not too sold on that immediately, to be honest. 
A lot of people are high on the Nets and say, oh, Kevin Durant and Kyrie. I'm not sold on that. I do think the Heat make another statement. I think we see the Heat in the Eastern Conference Finals again. And I think you could talk about the Bucks being there. You could talk about the Celtics being there. Uh, I don't know how the Raptors will fare, to be honest. Uh, the 76ers, uh, no, that's not going to happen. Um you know, some people say they like what the Pacers have been doing, and I'm not high on that. I think you're talking about Miami Heat. I think you're talking about the Bucks. You're talking about the Celtics. And then you can throw in the Nets maybe in, in, into that category. Now, um, But other than that, I don't with know. The, with the Nets, uh, you got KD and Kyrie coming back from injury. Um, are they going to be the same players they once were? Coming out of injury, Tom, what's kind of the feeling towards those guys as uh, as they come back from, uh, you know, being out all of last year? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, a lot of people are high on them, and I don't – until they – you know, I want – let's get to – you know, let's play 25, 30 games and then reassess the situation because I'm – I mean, I'm not – I don't even know what the odds were for the Nets – making it but it wasn't a betters market um just because everyone was so high on them um now sure they could make the eastern conference finals how they could make the finals i mean they have if kd comes back and and you know does kd things then sure um but you know after an achilles injury like that and just you know being off for a year i don't think he's going to be immediately the same player he was and he couldn't i mean with those injuries a lot of times they're never the same player. Yeah. Um, I will say uh, Rudy Gay had that injury. Um, and, you know, the first year back when he played with the Spurs, he was pretty solid, but he was not like the old Rudy Gay. Kobe, I believe, had that injury. Was not the same Kobe. Um, and, you know, KD being so ball dominant, um, you know, I don't know if he's going to – I don't think – you know, medical technology is pretty crazy. Sure. Um, he could be the same player, but what are the chances that he's as good? Yeah, that's a million-dollar question. I don't think he's going to be the same player he once was. That doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be a bad player, but it's hard for me to imagine KD being the same player that he was just a couple of years ago. Uh, that's He's not the Slim Reaper anymore. No. No, the, the, the Grim Reaper or whatever it was, yeah. Um, but the other team that I'm interested in with, Tom, is the Clippers. In that, you know, the Clippers did get better in the offseason. They got a new head coach in Ty Lue, who's won a title there with the uh, the Cavs, on uh, you know, with what he did a couple of years ago. Do you think the Clippers are going to take another step forward? What say you as far as that coaching change, bringing in Ty Lue and everything? You know, and I know that, that Kawhi is there, but for me, for the Clippers, it's just as far as Paul George is going to take him. Kawhi is going to be Kawhi, but at the end of the day, can't do it by himself, not in the Western Conference. Um, we saw it happen. It's going to be as far as Paul George wants to take him. And that's a tough predicament to be in because the man who calls himself playoff P has been the biggest choker of any star in the postseason uh, there's going to have to be some some mentality, something mentally that Paul George is going to have to overcome to be a threat in the postseason. 
Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's, that's why I'm saying it's going to be as far as far as Paul George wants to take him, whether that be another second round exit or, you know, even the finals. It's, yeah. For me, that's that's how it's going to have to be. And, you know, I can't comfortably say that the Clippers are going to be in the finals. Yeah. Just can't do it. Um, the other team I'm watching for, Tom, what so intrigues me is uh, Denver. That's a team that's on the rise. Michael Porter got really good there towards the end of last season. Um, I'll say this. I think Denver is more likely to get to the Western Conference Finals right now than I think the Clippers are. Yes, I agree. Just from what we've seen with the Clippers, you know, I'm not hating on Ty Lue. I don't mind Ty Lue. He's a lot better coach than what the Clippers had. And I'm saying that against Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers, it was time for him to find a new situation or a different situation. Um, And Doc Rivers is still a great coach. I just think, you know, kind of like when your time's up, your time's up. You just got to part ways and, you know, start fresh somewhere else. And I think it was high time. Um, After Lob City, you know, it wasn't – you know, they obviously tried to pull out every stop they could and stealing away Paul George and Kawhi, and it obviously didn't work. It's kind of a lot – reminded me a lot of the super team or the dream team that was in Philly however many years ago. Sometimes it just doesn't work, Um, and it didn't. So maybe Ty Lue bringing a fresh face on that Clippers team maybe changes some things. That'll be a storyline to watch, just like KD. Is he going to be the same player or not, and how is that going to work out in Brooklyn? Yeah, uh, those are probably maybe the two top storylines of the year, day one. Yeah, and and with the Thunder, I mentioned they're going to be terrible and everything this year. Um, but I think if you're an Oklahoma City fan, you have to be optimistic about the future. Not only with some of the young core that you have, with SGA and Lou Dort and some of those other guys, you have some building blocks. But you have all these picks for the future, and yet you're still going to be bad enough this year where you're probably going to be picking in the top three or top four in next year's draft here. Give this thing some time. Give Sam Presti some time to find that young talent of sorts to add to it. Oklahoma City's got a bright future ahead. It's just going to be a a rough stretch these next couple years, really beginning this year, Tom. Yeah, it is. And, and, you know, for the most part, Jones, the Thunder fans that I've talked to uh, understand that, which I think is great. Um, I, I think they need to do that um, and to realize, hey, this is going to take some time. It's built, not bought. We already tried the bot thing, and it didn't work. Um, and so now you have all these draft picks. Time to build. Yeah. Um, let's give some picks real quick. I'm going to say, Tom, that uh, we're going to see Lakers, Bucks in the finals and the Lakers win it again. I, I hate to say that, but I, I just think they're the best team right now. Um, the most talented team, and you know they're, they're going to be too much. I like the Lakers to repeat as a champions again. Uh, but the the MVP, um, I think that Kawhi is going to get his first MVP award. I think he's going to have a big year, but I don't trust Paul George to get that team over the hump and, and help them win the Western Conference, get to the conference finals. So 
I, I got the Lakers and the Bucks in the final. Lakers winning it all. Kawhi wins league MVP. Give me your NBA Finals pick. Who plays? Who wins it? And your MV, in your MVP award. Jones, I hate to say it, I do, but I'm going to agree with you. I think it's going to be Lakers, Bucks. Lakers winning it again. However, I don't think Kawhi is going to be the MVP, and it's not because of my history with Kawhi. Um, even though he has no idea who I am, I still have beef with him. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but I think it's going to be – I hate to say this too because I don't like this team either. Uh, I think it's going to be Luka Doncic. I think that's who it's going to be. I think he has another breakout season, and I like Luka. Uh, I like the Mavs. You know, I like the Mavs to potentially get um, to at least the second round, if not the the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, I like Luca. I like Luca's mom. Um, you know, I don't know Luca's mom, but yeah, they're, they're going to have a big year. I, I'm excited to see what he does, and and his bright future ahead is going to be a lot of fun to watch. Who so I'm going to be cheering against, Tom. Uh, I'm going to be a Trey Young hater. I hope he has a bad year and that the Hawks don't do anything. <laughs> Why? I can't stand Trey Young. He needs a he needs a hair deal. Oh, we, we don't need to see any more Trey Young. To work with, he needs Bosley hair restoration. <laughs> how the how in the world he hasn't got onto that yet? I, I that baffles me. Honestly. All right. Tom, before we get out of here today, time for our Tom Fullery story of the week. Uh, try to find something more foolish than uh, Dwayne Haskins uh, uh, from what he did last Sunday. What else is going on? Jones, here's what I, I love these stories, and we get them every now and then. We, we talk about one thing, and then a couple weeks later, something else, the exact same thing happens or pops up, and it kind of ties into the previous Tom Fuller. I love those. And so this is going to be one of them. If you remembered a couple, oh, I don't know, probably a month ago now, we had a Tom Fuller story about the Bud Light console where it played video games and it even had a cooler for your Bud Light. Jones, let me introduce you to the KF console. That is the KFC console. Oh, no. I'm, no. I'm not kidding you. Introducing the KFC console or the KF console. They've tied it all in. Tagline, power your hunger. I'm going to call it for, it, it's, you know, it's KFC console, but they've spelled it out KF console, so that's how I refer to, refer to it from here on out. The KF console has arrived. Forged from the fires of the KFC ovens and built by Cooler Master from the ground up, there has never been a tastier way to experience the latest titles and stunning 4K 240 FPS. I'm going on my my Tyler Jones, uh, I don't know, ad, so radio much. ad. Yes. Radio, I'm going on the radio ads. World's first built-in chicken chamber. Never risk letting your chicken go cold again. Thanks to the patented chicken chamber, utilizing the system's natural heat and airflow system, you can now focus on your gameplay and enjoy hot, crispy chicken between rounds. Built and designed by Cooler Master. At Cooler Master, we're wired different. We go way beyond the outside of the box to deliver cutting-edge performance with a touch of class. Our expert mod team, led by the legendary Swedish craftsman Tim Play, set about building this awesome beast, and boy, did he deliver. Only the best. 
housed in a custom Cooler Master NC100 Cassis. We need something small but mighty, and that's just what we got. At the heart of this beast of a machine is the Intel NUC 9 Extreme Compute Element, keeping space down and driving performance that mere mortals could only dream of. Never miss a shot. Discover a level of gameplay you didn't know possible with the Asus-powered graphics that runs buttery smooth, keeping tearing and frame drop a thing of the past. With the first of its kind hot swappable GPU slot, the KFC console will stay the most powerful console for generations to come. Never run out of space, Jones, for your games. Unleash the performance of the PCIe NVMe speeds that are six times faster. Boot games up in seconds and instantly access while loading games. We've taken your data to the next level of performance, reliability, and efficiency with two Seagate Barracuda one terabyte SSD cards. Jones, best part about it, KFC console is VR ready. Get on your feet and enjoy the world of virtual reality while the smell of fresh chicken captures your senses. Ray tracing, rays of light individually simulated, creating true-to-life shadows and reflections that will immerse you in selected games more than ever before. 250 or 240 frames per second with up to 240 hertz output. Enjoy smooth and fluid high frame rate gameplay at up to 240 FPS for all games. 4K TV gaming. Enjoy your favorite games and the best line here and finger clicking good. Power your hunger, the KFC console. Oh my god. Are you are you buying it, Jones? Did I sell you? So I'm looking it up right now, and this thing looks incredible. Would you put your chicken in the chicken chamber? <laughs> How could you not? I will say it didn't tell us what games you can play, and it doesn't I don't know if it's more like a PC than anything. Because the Bud Light console had the games built in already. And I don't see a controller. Right. Um, this was built because of the Bud Light console. It's in partnership with PC Maker Cooler Master. Um, right. That's Cooler Master where they're wired different. Yeah. Uh, games are in 4K, it looks like. Um. Is this the first console you're going to have in your Omaha home? It just might have to be. If not, make it yours with the KC console, KFC console. KFC. Man, that's uh, finger, finger clicking good. good. Yeah. Um, wow. I, I hate KFC. I will never buy this console. <laughs> I'm curious what it's going to cost. Yeah, see, they uh, let me look that up. What's I saw this. Market? I was going through. What's I was the market through, out there for people that are interested in a KFC console? At that point, it's like video gamers that are like collectors. It has to be. Yeah. Um. The the KFC console. See, at least with the Bud Light console, you know, you were keeping your Bud Light drinks cold and such. There was at least some purpose of some sorts. I don't eat fried chicken that often to, to put it in the chamber. Right, and if I do, I'm eating it all real quick and not putting it somewhere else. And I'm not um, eating not KFC. KFC right. is so average. If this was Cane's, 
Oh, my my dude, Jones. I'm looking it up. Uh, this um, gaming blog website or whatever, whatever discussion, whatever it is, form. Um, they said based on the specs and parts that have been revealed, we can estimate it to be roughly around two grand. No thanks. Hard pass. I would never spend. I, I just would never spend that money. I have a lot better things I can do with $2,000. Buy the Bud Light console? You could buy like three or four new Xboxes or Playstations for that price. Exactly. And that's what a microwave is for. To keep your chicken hot. Right. Yeah. Um, Now you mentioned Raising Cane's. Tom, one of the very first things I did, I kid you not... When I figured out I was moving to Omaha, uh, I looked up how many Raisin Canes were in the Omaha area. There's no Brahms, is there? There's no Waterburgers either, is there? No, the closest Waterburger is in Owasso. I'm going to have to drive six hours to get Waterburger. Oh my gosh. I don't know how to take a job in San Antonio. Right? San Antonio. same, Same grocery stores. Um, yeah, they got like High V up there. They have Culver's. Culver's is up there. Yeah. Dang. Can't escape it. No. Um, there's even more Culver's up there because that's like a Wisconsin thing. Um, probably, there probably will be plenty of KFC up there. That's terrible. I don't think there's a town in America without a KFC town. That is a shame, too, because KFC is trash chicken. It's okay. I mean, I'll eat it if it's there. I'm not going to pass on free KFC, but I'm not going to go out of my way to buy KFC. Churches and Canes are way better. Absolutely. I've not had Zaxby's yet. Zaxby's is good. The uh, the Zaxby's and Lawrence went out of business. Because of the Canes. Yeah. Uh, well, the, the, the Zaxby's was on the wrong side of town. Um, that's why I didn't last. Uh, but Canes, you can't go wrong with racing Canes. But but the KFC console, what other consoles do we want to see? The Waterburger, Water Console. Now that I might have to drop two grand on. Right? Can you imagine? You, I mean, because usually, I I mean, the, if you they had a taquito warmer in it, I like the breakfast taquitos at Waterburger a lot. Actually, what about a uh, what about a Quick Trip? console the qt quick console yeah yeah uh that's in the works now is it no i'm kidding i wouldn't be oh. shocked though right i would not be shocked if it was <laughs> on that note we gotta run uh big thanks to luke slayball for joining us here at the jones Sport brian o'connor as well and uh you the listener for hanging out with us uh back on monday we'll see you then Follow us on uh, social media, facebook.com forward slash Tyler Jones Live, Tyler Jones Media Group, Twitter at Tyler Jones Live, at Thomas underscore Bridges, and uh, TJ Media Group, Instagram, Jones underscore Report, Tyler Jones Live, Insta Thomas. You can find us there. Subscribe to the show on Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and uh, you'll be the first to know when we have new episodes out of this show twice a week. Also got uh, Let's Go Racing with David Starr out 
each and every Tuesday. That's available on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. And on this week's edition of Let's Go Racing, David's wife, Kim Starr, joins us to talk about how uh, David and Kim met and their story and a little Christmas special. You want to check that out. So uh, very cool stuff there. But uh, we got to run. Tom, have a, a good Christmas. And uh, we'll hear from you next week. Thanks uh, for joining us as always. And I uh, hope everybody has a, a great holiday. And uh, we'll see you on the other side. For Thomas Bridges and our entire crew of Thomas Jones. Sing so long. It's been another edition of Jones Report. We'll see you next week.